Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the revival Dexter New Blood. This week we're covering episode four titled H is for Hero. And well, yeah, we have a <laughs> returning hero with an H in his last name. Yes. <laughs> yes. We have a real H. H is for hero this week with us. Um, welcome back, Sean. Oh, well, tonight's the night when I see if Strange Indeed fits the podcast code. Oh, guys, (laughs) I am back and excited to talk about some Dexter. Thanks. Uh, First off, before we jump in, I want to thank you guys for letting me come on. Uh, I've been, you know, sharing some uh, voice memos here or there for the first few episodes. So um, Remo was like, man, Sean, they're going too long. Just come on in. Like you're you're taking up all the voice time. You got to get on here. If you want to talk about the show that much, that bad, just just come on the episode. Because literally they've been like 35, 45 minute voicemail. She's been editing those down. (laughs) Uh, not at all you were way too funny too funny no i just you know i i remember we used to talk about it off and on you know when when we were co-hosting and you know i knew that you shared the same passion that i do and i knew you were super stoked uh i think before we even announced it you had texted me when we knew dexter was going to be a thing right and you're like you're covering that right like it wasn't even like a question it was like (laughs) you're doing that right i'm like yeah and you're like yeah um so of course you're just like the most natural person i could think of to you know ask to guest with us and you know revel in our you know dexter geekdom that pake and i've been having from week to week because Mm -hmm. my god i mean I can tell from your voicemail, Sean, that you're enjoying it. But man, isn't this the greatest? How are you feeling having this show back? Uh, I'm really in- like so. The first two episodes I thought were like really good because a lot of times whenever you see like um, these shows come back, I always feel like it's very lackluster. Like they always talk about like mm-hmm. nostalgia is a powerful drug, yeah. and I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times with like these shows, we're like, oh, we're bringing the show back that we canceled, like Heroes or things like that. And you're like, yes, they they screwed it up. They're gonna fix it. And then, like, in episode two, you're like, they still screwed it up. (laughs) But with this, I feel like they're following, like, you know, because Dexter left off in a really weird spot, but there's a lot of things that they're Mm -hmm. they're not really, like, they're going back through the whole catalog. And this episode really, really kind of shows that, I think. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not just like, hey, we're tying into, uh, you know, season seven. It's like, no, we're looking at the whole thing and trying to do it justice and... You know, this past episode, like, I'm not going to jump anything yet, but it was, like, a great episode. Episode three, I was a little kind of like, oh, this feels a little fillery, not, like, super exciting. You guys definitely kind of sold it for me, for sure. But um, this episode, for sure, just kind of, (laughs) oof, like, lots of stuff is happening pretty quick, and I am am all in on it. Excellent. That's great. Man, yeah, I'm loving it. It's still surreal that I'm talking about new episodes of Dexter. Like I, I, uh, who, who would have thought, but it does. Cause it feels like it's definitely like the classic, like playing the greatest hits of Dexter. Like mm-hmm. the things that you you come to expect from the original series and everything. You're like, Oh yeah, this feels like Dexter, but it also is new. It has its own flavor and they're definitely playing with some things that I think are unique. And that's because of kind of this time jump we've been able to have this many years mm-hmm. later, 10 years later, with technology and 
you know, even the way that police and like forensic science and all this stuff has advanced, Dexter's dealing with some new stuff. And it's fun that they were able to play with that and put that in here as well. Yeah, it's fun seeing like, yeah. uh, you know, like now he's really old man Dexter, like back in the original <laughs> run, he was kind of like hip and with it and like knew all the stuff. And I think, Peg, you had mentioned it, like it's been a 10 year jump and cameras are all over the place. Phones, like the improvement on like where GPS is on that. And even though they're in small town USA, like there's still like, you know, like where I live is small town USA, but probably 50 to 60 percent of the people have some kind of security system with cameras. So the stuff that he got away with years ago, he probably couldn't get away with now. And I think yeah. it's kind of catching up to him when it's like, well, back in my day, I could, you know, drive my boat <laughs> in the water and throw a body over. Nobody find it for years. Uh, yeah. Back when he was in Miami, he never had to worry about somebody knowing where he was because of his boss's Instagram feed. Yeah. That no joke. Not- <laughs> right. Like yeah. Facebook was barely a thing. <laughs> yeah, social media was a very different thing. So it is it is fun uh, because, yeah, like you said, they, they've really found this great balance uh, uh, and blend of the old Dexter that we all know and love, uh, but also have all of these new fresh elements that kind of, you know, uh, how does Dexter deal with these new challenges, social media um you know, updated and newer security, you know, those things weren't either a thing or as readily available. Um, being in a small town versus a big city, big city, people don't pay that much attention to you. You can kind of blend. People aren't really focusing so much on what, you know, you might be doing skulking about or something you can kind of blend and, you know, not be paid attention to, but in a smaller town, you know, you're more likely to be noticed. You have fewer places to hide and pe- people know you. But Dexter, you know? and he did this throughout the whole season of the original run too. Like he hides in plain sight, right? You yeah, know, like yeah. he's part of the forensics that's looking for stuff here. He's dating the cop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. and I, that's why I love talking about this because it just triggers a bunch of stuff. And it, <laughs> it's kind of like the thought of like, well, you know, we see him in episode one. You're like, holy cow, Dexter's changed. Like, it's domesticated Dexter. It's non-killer Dexter. Like, he's, you know, he's on the straight and narrow. And then you, like, look at his son and everything and kind of, like, the very big similarities between the two of them. And you're like, oh, wait. You know, this is Dexter with, like, his mask on. And I think this episode kind of showed mm-hmm. that, too, which, oh, man. Again, this episode yeah. just yeah. Oh, blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I know we're super stoked to talk about it, and I feel if, if we keep talking about it, we're probably going to start <laughs> digging into our points, but I, I think it's fun just to, you know, kind of touch on it and see how you're feeling about it and what your feelings were and how much you're digging it, um, yeah. and and I, I'm just super stoked that you're here with us to I, talk I'm about happy, it, so. yeah. One more, like, thing to just glob on to the, the Sean love that he's here before we I really know. jump in is, I mean, it's, it's cool and kind of surreal for me because... You know, I started out just as a huge fan of this podcast, listening to the two of you covering things. Just, my, you know, I had to have Rima and Sean in my ears or on my commute or, you know, every, you know, every week. And so it's surreal now. It is like, you know, I've been lucky to have the, you know, the, the place to kind of fill in and become a part of this show and be a co-host here on this podcast. And so it's cool to have Sean here and be like, man, like what got me into this podcast that I'm now getting to, to host and be a part of? 
there it's it's here you know i'm i'm on a podcast with rila and sean you know <laughs> it's all it's all happening i'll put you yeah let you know it's real it's it's really happening no, for some great. reason Pake, have, nice have we ever done a show or anything together or is this the first time i know we, we have talked. not this is the okay. first time i've podcasted with you crazy I, for some I reason i swore that. we did but oh, i guess yeah. not yeah because we we've done like we've we've done stuff online together in other realms but yeah this is the first time we podcasted together so this yeah is cool. I, this isn't the first time we've chatted like face to face like that's for something separate but Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was thinking about that too. I was like, gosh, I don't know that that you guys have podcasted together. I didn't think we had had you guys together on Strange Indeed. And I was trying to think were you guys ever on a different podcast, maybe somewhere else? And I couldn't think of anything. So that's that's really nice to know. And I bet the reason I'm thinking we did is because you always sent in a bunch of voicemails. So I bet that's why it felt like we podcasted together. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you kind of like, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's the fun part is, you know, is is the engagement with our audience and our listeners. It You are a part of the podcast, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's what I love about it. That's why I love hearing, you know, the feedback from everyone, the voice messages, you know, um, you are a part of it. So you've been a part of it for a really long time, Pake, for yeah. sure, even before you sat in that chair. So <laughs> so this is great. Yeah. And it's such a treat for me. I got all my boys back <laughs> on one podcast. So it's a, it's a treat for me as well. So I'm, I'm geeking out. This is a, a great experience for me tonight as well to be sitting here podcasting with you guys on freaking a Dexter, on new yeah. episodes of Dexter. So, <laughs> so with that being said, um, I, I'm really ready to jump in now just to let ev- let our audience know we typically do a top five when it's just Pake and I or just two of us. Um, but since there are three of us, we're going to do a top three, uh, which we've done before when we have extra folks. That way everybody gets a point in and, and you know, we have some um, good conversation and back and forth. So um, I'm going to allow our guest of honor tonight, Sean, please, yeah. would you start us off? With your uh, number three. Yeah. So for my number three, I kind of just want to talk about love. So uh, there, you know, I didn't go back to watch the other three episodes again, just to kind of see, but it felt very much intentional that in this episode, Dexter was telling his girlfriend that, and they both said it back and forth, that they love each other. And then very shortly after that moment, when Harrison was leaving, Dexter didn't say that he loved him as he was leaving. And uh, it kind of just really stood out to me because, you know, I, I don't think that Dex, like... And this kind of went to my point earlier, too, where I said, like, it felt like Dexter's got this mask on. And mm-hmm. we know from earlier ep- seasons that Dexter doesn't really feel emotions. Like, he's kind of dead on the inside. Like, he did a lot of these different things as kind of a way to hide, you know, in plain sight and do the things that you're expected. Like, you know, he got a girlfriend and she didn't really like to have any kind of relations because of stuff, which was great for him because he didn't want to do that. And then he had mm-hmm. to get married and he had kids and... You know, deep down, I like to think that, you know, Dexter, like, having a child gave him the emotions. Like, he really does love Harrison. He did all the things to help him out and did the things that were best for him. But in this moment when he's saying, I love you to his girlfriend, I'm kind of thinking back to older Dexter's like, well, is he just saying that because that's what is expected? But he's not saying it to his son, which would be more natural like you know the love for a child mm-hmm. is just kind of more of a you know instinctual type thing and we're not seeing it here um and even kind of when you go towards the end of this episode we see like a big change in dexter where it feels like mm-hmm. you see almost like a proud papa moment which again oh, yeah. i go back to some points i've made that this feels very much like horror movie dexter 
and in that moment, like you've like, like you in in these moments in the this season, like you don't get to like, oh my gosh, that's like it's a it's a father and son. It's more of like like you have just an uneasy feeling that I don't think I've ever really had too much for Dexter in the past. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of just I I just felt like those two specific calls out of oh I love you oh I love you and then Harrison's leaving. It's like oh bye Harrison. <laughs> oh, right. So what do you what do you guys think about that as a kind of a, a kickoff topic? Man, it's interesting. I really wouldn't have thought about that, but but yeah, it's kind of because I do feel like he has changed and grown. And I think that there are more real emotions to him, but you're mm-hmm. right. Like there's still, he does kind of put on that mask. And so with him saying that to Angela being just like, yeah, love you too. Like how instinctual like as far as like automatic response, automatic response. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that's just what he knows. That's what you say back whenever to the person you're dating, whether he Ex- exactly. feels that or not. And then maybe with Harrison, because it's real, but he's having all of these. I mean, we have Deb in his head is like, as his insecurity mm-hmm. about his relationship with Harrison and if it can actually work to where maybe a lot of that that's in his head keeps him from saying that to Harrison because it's then it becomes too real and it's something he has to really fight for. And I wonder if I, I do think that Dexter still in, in a way keeps his mask on with Harrison there. You know, Dexter isn't going to reveal his true self. But I feel like it's less of a mask. Like he he kind of drops it a little bit around Harrison. He's a little bit more of himself than what he is with uh, Angela. Uh, I don't know if we've been given a time frame, and if there there was, I forgot about how long maybe he and Angela have been dating. Um, or I think couple, it was like two years, or a is, year and a half. Like okay, it's not been so, super long, right? But it, it it has been a while, right? And 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 you know. They've been in a relationship long enough. Again, it's kind. It is kind of an automatic response what you say to someone, and I think Dexter has gotten comfortable in that small town. And I think that he does, yes, wear the mask to be out in public, and you know, and and we know that, right? Because in was it the premiere episode when he's in the store right before it opens, and you know, he kind of puts his head down. He's like, okay, here we go. And when he puts his head up, he's you can see that change. He's Jim. He's, yeah. he's Jim. Yeah, he's yeah. not Dexter. He's Jim. So you know, I. I you know, I think that he still does wear his mask around town, but I do think that he's just gotten comfortable in his role as Jim, uh, that he just says it with ease. I don't think he really, I think he probably in a way cares about Angela. Like he doesn't want to kill her or anything like that. (laughs) But, um, but I think it's, but you know, he never fully loved Rita either. You know, I mean, he, he had a child with her. He had a great relationship with her. He, he, Loved her as much as what he was capable of. I don't know if, if yeah. it was, I don't know if I'd label it love, but as much as what Dexter could care and give to her, he did. He did like respect her. He admired her and he um, appreciated what she did for him and how she kind of changed him as a person a little bit. Um, maybe that's going to, I don't really mean change, change, but you know how it kind of brought a little bit more of him out, you know, of, of be, being a father and opening himself up to being a father and, you know, to Aster and Cody. And then of course, Harrison, when he came along, um, but he never really truly loved Rita. Cause I don't think he's capable of it. Well, um, and, and like, just kind of thinking through that, like I remember in the Trinity season, season four, you know, mm-hmm. Dexter's trying to learn from him, like, okay, well, and you guys are, and I know you guys are spoiling everything. So obviously this is spoiler yes, territory. Yes, 
Yeah, um, yeah I, I forget to say that every time. But again, if if no one knows, we're spoiling everything. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, series, I, so go for it. <laughs> you could watch season eight and not know anything about it, but I really feel like you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you do that. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you haven't watched the previous seasons of Dexter, power through those. I mean, take your time. Actually, you know, watch one a day. You'll be up and ready oh, for gosh. it when we get to the season finale. Gosh. They're so good. Yeah, take your uh, time with them. They're so good. But like, I felt like that season, you know, Dexter was trying to learn from a, you know, almost like an admiration thing. And I think you see this. Yeah. There's like two different paths it seems like Dexter takes in any of these seasons. One is like trying to, you know, figure out how to walk this path of, you know, being a serial killer and being kind of normal. And then also trying to find like a protege or somebody he can share the serial killer lifestyle with. Like that's not an option on Tinder in the future. Like I'm sure he wishes it was, but it's not. Like you don't have a swipe left for like kill together. Yeah. <laughs> and with Trinity, I felt like he, it, to me, it felt like he kind of realized like, you know, I'm not like him. I'm different. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still remember that, that, last episode of that season which was by far one of my favorite season finales of all time and you see him doing what he's doing he takes care of the trinity killer and i felt Mm -hmm. like in that brief moment he was legitimately changed like he had found like okay i can i don't know if he i'm not gonna say he wouldn't kill again but i think he had decided he's devoting you know more of his time to his family because they're getting ready to go on this trip i think he realized that like rita was good for him that's what and, he's telling himself anyway. Yeah, yeah, and then he gets there, and that little bit of, like, just kind of like the deer a little bit, but probably more so, the little thread that was going to keep him kind of sane and keep him away from this dark passenger mm-hmm. was murdered, and his kid was sitting in that blood just like he was as a yeah. child. And then I think that's was all bets was off. The only thing kind of keeping him going that way was gone. And he was kind of at fault for it too. So I'm sure he, if he has any feelings at all, he's probably not forgiven himself. And these were probably different ways in like the 10 years he was gone as ways to kind of almost torture himself for that. Right. Because what caused that to happen again, going back to spoiler territory on that season is the fact that, I mean, Arthur Trinity killer was going to die. And then Dexter saved him kept him from dying and mm-hmm. then Arthur went after Rita after that. So yeah. it's kind of because he decided to go towards this humanity side and not kill somebody, now everything's been taken from him that he was holding on to. Yeah, I uh I was this close to being spoiled on that episode. Ooh. So I was like uh I I think I was getting caught up to Dexter like that was like the season I finally caught up and I had like, you know, I was getting through that season. And I saw a preview on TV for some NBC show with the character that played uh, Rita. Like, she was on it. I was like, well, that's weird. Rita, like, she plays Rita. She's on Dexter. What's she doing on this show? And my roommate at the time was like, uh, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> Betty, you, yeah. go, you need to go get caught up yeah, right now. Go watch Dexter yeah. right now. And then I watched it, like, <laughs> like right when he walks in the door. Like, that's, that's, a, that's an episode I wish I could go back not realizing what happened in the episode and capture that mm-hmm. moment. Because I was yeah. legitimately, like, right when he walked in the door, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. oh. And, like, the wheels gosh, start yeah. spinning, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Man. Gosh, yeah, that season four, I mean, it was an amazing season anyway, but that finale, holy crap. Uh, just tops, um, you know, so many other finales. I mean, it's definitely up there in the tops for me, season four finale. And I remember watching it for the first time. I wish I could, like, erase my brain of that, too. Um, 
uh, and, and experience that for the first time because what a what the f moment you know yeah uh, when when Dexter walks in and he's and you want that for him and we should have known something terrible was going to happen because Dexter cannot like find some type of normalcy and happiness and and for him to be having this epiphany of you know I'm going to be a, a better husband I'm going to be a dedicated father because we were starting to see those cracks right with the relationship and um with the kids and you know how his obsession with with Trinity uh was affecting his his family life and his um his dark passenger as well his need um to to kill uh and, and how he we should have just known right that there's no way that there's going to be any kind of like happy ending right. there. And yeah. So yeah, I wish I could race my brain and uh, <laughs> experience that the first time. Yeah. Great. But, yeah. That's my that's number great. three is just love. Nice. <laughs> love it. Love it. Pake, what's your number three? All right. A, a fellow podcaster. Uh, let's oh, talk yeah. about Molly Park. <laughs> yeah. She's Molly Park podcaster because print is dead. Is what she <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> You know, uh, we see her pop into the police station. She's already aware of what Kurt has said about Matt, that he's alive. But she also knows something is fishy there and she wants to keep digging. She even got it went as far as she got Matt's personal phone number and has been trying to reach him herself. That cracks me up. She's like, well, <laughs> I know I've been trying to call him. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And yeah, so, so she wants involved, of course, Angela at first. Doesn't want to have anything to do with it. She's just like, do not interfere with this. Sends her away for that time, of course. And I love how she's so like laissez-faire about everything. He's like, "Oh, it came to see you know Officer Logan. You came to see him." It's like, "Yeah." Well, I was like, "Oh, we just had some drinks. Yeah, and we slept together." And, we, and he's just like, "Oh God!" Like nothing, Awkward. nothing's hidden with her. Uh, mm-hmm. She's she's very uh, honest and transparent. At first, I yeah. wasn't sure about her. It seemed like she was being. I think she was a little sneaky about how she introduced herself, but she mm-hmm. she was putting it all out there. Yeah, this time she's like, yep, this is who I am, this is what I do, and it's it's it works. And like a true yeah. podcaster, when she's getting ready to record, what does she have? She has a stiff drink. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, now I'm ready. I love that. But we get um, Harrison at school, uh, kind of alone, just in the gym, whatever, with his headphones in or his uh, earbuds, and he's listening to her podcast Mary mm-hmm. fucking kill mm-hmm. um which of course as he's scrolling through the feed episode three is on none other than Arthur Mitchell the Trinity killer and she's talking about the first kill in his cycle the lady in the water which is really hard for Harrison uh ob- yeah. for obvious reasons yeah. so he fast forwards on his podcast app and it makes a sound that literally never ever happens ever on any podcast player you just kind of skip ahead. There's not this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe he went to 10 speed. I mean, it would do a thing. Right, but... Just for a minute. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to let the audience know that he's, he's, he's skipping forward. But right, I was like, right. that, I've been around podcasts. So that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> the original writer was like, he puts in a VHS tape and they're like, oh, what? <laughs> Which is great. But then the I have a note that's not related to any of my other ones. But then I have when Audrey takes the picture of like the kill list in her mom's office. Yeah. I was like, and there's not the shutter sound on the phone. Thank you. Because obviously <laughs> she would have it silenced. It's like, okay, sound department, you're off the hook for the podcast thing. Because at least you were smart about that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. I, uh, uh, so that Mary uh, fucking kill podcast, I want that yeah. to be like Showtime needs to make that podcast. But each episode be about one of the serial killers from the Dexter show. 
That would be cool. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, like like, some extra little fun. Yeah, because when I saw the Trinity one, like, oh, like it'd be really interesting to see like a you know serial killer documentary type thing on the Trinity killer because you know it's like Game of Thrones type stuff when they go into like the deep lore of everything. It'd be like, well, that'd be interesting. And at least this one too, you wouldn't be like freaked out because it's technically not real. Um, Yeah. Unlike a lot of them that are out there, it's like, hey, you want to hear a creepy story that actually happened? You're like, no. I mean, yes, yeah, but good. no. <laughs> but, That'd uh, be awesome. I do, I do like that we got to see uh, Harrison be the one to listen to this because – and I think a lot of us tend to forget like there are people that are like directly involved with these things. Like even yeah. today with – When he's th- listening to it being – when she says – yeah. You know, that when, you know, the baby was sitting there in the pool of her mother's own blood. And then he's like, how fucked up is that kid right now? Am I right? And yeah. he's listening to it. It's like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not doing too fact. great now that he's listening to you <laughs> yeah. say this. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I almost forgot about this. Thanks for reminding me. I mean, I subscribe to it, but still. Yeah. But, I'm going to listen to more, but I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even mention me by name. Yeah, I'm just some baby to her. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's just like like in that moment, it's like you don't think about like there was a person that went through that event and like how tragic that would be for them to hear back to it. And I, I think as a society, sometimes we forget those things and we're just yeah. kind of like, oh, my yeah. gosh, this is a clickbait. Awesome story. I got to share it. Yeah, I know there's like 20 people that were directly involved and their lives have been ruined by it. But still, let's let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It, there's definitely and and look, I'm as guilty as anyone because I, you know, I. It's the I, Tiger King of it all. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I'm a huge true crime lover myself. It started way back in the day uh, with Dateline. I think as a kid watching it at my grandparents' house. My grandmother always watched Dateline every was it Friday, Thursday or Friday? Thursday, um, yeah, Friday. Anyway, I think. Yeah. I was absolutely obsessed with Dateline. They always had true crime stories on it, and I was just always hooked and obsessed. And, of course, as time goes on and there's all kinds of true crime documentaries and then, of course, podcasts, I'm obsessed with it. So I'm And, I, and I've always been obsessed with serial killers, so I am no better than anyone else. So this uh, it comes like with no judgment for me. But we, we have an issue sometimes, some of these uh, documentaries, where they're almost glorifying the serial yeah. killer a little bit. And it's like, you know, I think there was some argument not too long ago with one of the last Ted Bundy documentaries, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, they, they said put a lot of focus on him and, and you tend to forget the victims. Like, let's let's talk about the victims. Let's put right. the focus on them and stop glorifying the serial killer so much. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, that's kind of what she was doing a little bit. You know, it's like you, you kind of forget that there are people in these stories it's you know it is a fantastical story it is you know uh crazy details and, and uh, a terrible tragedy but there's people behind that tragedy um yeah. so well, reality yeah. like you know all the stuff she's done like i'm sure she's talked to people on the outskirts but it's probably a lot of, like internet research and stuff like that like true crime like you're saying true crime stuff is not new like it's been around forever like yeah. even when the only thing out there was print newspaper like they were talking true crime because it's interesting because it's different. It's scary. Like it makes people think like, well, what would cause somebody to do all this stuff? And it's just yeah. human nature to be like, I got to figure out the why, you know? So I don't know. I just have to, but like her, like she's probably never been like in direct contact with like somebody that was, you know, a victim or something like that. I mean, maybe she has, maybe she hasn't, but you know, in this episode, that was episode three of however bigger podcast is, she's probably forgot all about it. And now she's in town. She's a and, desensitized, maybe. Yeah. 
And she did this episode, forgot all about it, and she is directly around two people that were directly affected by well, this. See, that's what I'm that's kind of a note that I have is I'm mm-hmm. wondering you see the picture that she uses of Rita in her podcast, like that Harrison's it's, listening to. It's, it's a wedding, wedding picture. Wedding and I'm picture. assuming that's her wedding with Dexter, right? Because yeah. she's a little older there. So it was like Oh, I remember she the had hair. she had yeah. That's so she had to take that from, yeah yeah. She had to take that picture and crop Dexter out of it. So she has seen his face working on this project. However many I don't know how long ago episode three came out, whatever. But you would think like she's going to recognize Dexter at least think he looks familiar. So right? well, I y- yes I there's something I feel and like is going to be connected. That's going to become a, a problem. Like when she walks in and like pats him on the shoulders, like I heard your son was great out there. And I, I, think, I feel, I feel like it's going to be like that face is going to be in her yeah, I don't mind. Know and she's going to be like, connection yet. where have I seen this guy before? And then she's going to be like, just through her own backlog and be like, Oh my God, that's the Trinity killer's final victim. Like, yeah, like we're going to be getting, you know, uh, can I, a joke I have? Cause she goes, every great podcast starts about one thing and it ends up somewhere completely unexpected. Just like, oh, you mean like a podcast dedicated to Stranger Things with Rima and Sean that just last week re- or just this week recorded an episode where Rima, Paik, and Jason talked about Great British Bake Off. So that's <laughs> good, to, good to know that we're great. Thanks, Molly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. on a serious note, like her podcast is probably totally going to turn into, you know, the secret lives of son and husband of the Trinity's final victim. You know? Well, and I think that's because I thought about that, too. I'm like, listen, this Trinity killer event would have been like national news. Like Dexter's picture probably would have shown up in a bunch of places. But like when you're talking about her, I feel like it's probably going to show kind of like her maybe arrogance a little bit or maybe like her almost like a, a Dexter. Like she doesn't care about these stories. She doesn't care about the victims. She just cares about putting this story out there and getting lots of likes and, you know, having this huge Instagram following. So when she sees Dexter, yeah, she's probably seen his picture a thousand times when she was researching, but she did it and forgot about it. She doesn't care. Like, you know, oh, like she may seem like, oh, I think I recognize you, but would she would she care at all? Because that's not the story she's on. She's on the next thing. She's on the next fall, the next, you know, clickbait article she's going to put out there. I feel like she will make a connection at some point. I, I, well. Why, I, what, I mean, with her being in the show, I feel like there's got to be a reason for her being here. And I feel like she's, she's at quite. Least- a problem for Dexter to face if she remembers and recognizes who he is. I think she's right now Dexter's biggest threat. Agreed. Um, Because she is very smart. We've seen when she sat down and started talking with Angela and they start talking about those missing girls. I mean, you can write her off or other people can just maybe write her off. Oh, she's just a, a, a podcaster or whatever, but she knows what she's doing. She sounds intelligent about how badass she is. And she she walks in following. And has a ton of like what she's like she said, you know, all these uh, armchair detectives, you know, that, yeah. uh, you know, are, are at her beck and call that can, you know, do all of this extension or help her with all of this extensive research. So I, I feel I don't know. I, I'm, I'm she's on the proved fence. that she gets shit done with the fact that totally. on her last little meeting to say goodbye in quotes to Angela. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, by the way, one of your missing persons cases solved it. There you go." <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so thinking through it, so uh I wonder if she cuz we've kind of already got the groundwork laid. So I don't know if she may be the one to tie this to it, but you know, how did Harrison find Dexter? Through Instagram, through a picture, through a post. So maybe one of her followers will see a post with Dexter in it and make the connection that wait a second. This guy is the husband of your episode three 
and that'll kind of trigger it because I feel like yeah, the l- listeners know a lot more than the, the podcasters do sometimes on what has been said or done on a podcast. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, truly, you have so many resources. I mean, when you're just one person trying to do research, if she was trying to do it all on her own, she'd never be able to do it. And uh, what what she was talking about is having all of these um listeners and followers that she has that help help her with these things. I mean, that is so true. I have I've followed a case recently this uh fall um where pretty much the internet solved the crime. And you know, being mm-hmm. watching that and seeing how everyone's involvement and how detailed that everyone goes about pulling up this picture and pulling up the this detail and pulling up this video and grabbing this information and then putting all that together, they literally solved it. And it was just amazing to sit back and kind of watch that and how everybody came together and pull, put all those pieces together. So what she's saying is exactly right. And I don't know. I'm kind of wondering. I don't know. I, I cannot make a damn decision on this show. I feel like everybody is I'm either going, well, it could go this way and it could go this way. And I haven't made up my mind yet. I, I am on one side. I could almost imagine she already knows who Dexter is or that why she's already there. I mean, what she's a true crime podcaster who talks about serial killers. Why is she in this tiny town talk, uh, about a case that's basically a poaching violation? And honestly, one. too, like you think and about one. if she covered the Trinity mm-hmm. killer, you know, she'd cover his brother. The Bay Harbor butcher would probably be an episode. Like there's like five or six things that Dexter's loosely tied to that. You would think totally. the, her and her viewers would be able to make those kind of connections. So it's not hard to make some of those connections. You got enough. If you start putting the pieces together, it all just yeah. makes perfect sense. But I mean, also, even if she doesn't know who she knows, I don't know. She clearly knows who Dexter Morgan is. Now she's looking at Jim Lindsay, right? She doesn't know him yet as Dexter Morgan, but does she know Dexter Morgan? She had to have done extensive research on the Trinity killer with a focus on Rita's death because, and I feel like it was focused on Rita because the uh, podcast episode was titled Miami and Trinity Mm -hmm. killed all over the United States, right? He traveled all over. He wasn't just primarily uh, Miami. He wasn't just like a Miami killer. Now that's where it ended, of course, but this was a focus on Rita and her death and the Trinity killer. Um, so she has to know who Dexter Morgan is, right? Um, and, and know that he's the husband of, um, husband of Rita, father of her son. Um, Molly and Dexter, they've met. Um, she, she doesn't maybe know exactly what he looks like or enough about him. Um, and then also Harrison, there's another thing that I was thinking about. Uh, Harrison's going by his real first name. So that makes, I think, the chances of, of her making the connection a little more likely. Have, um, have they, has he said his last name in this? Has he gone by Harrison Morgan or has he gone I don't by? No. Because they haven't really said, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think he has said. I know I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't seen I don't think anything I've heard that, him... that's been mentioned if he goes, if he carried Morgan or if he went with, Rita, what was Rita's last name before, even though they were married. Were they married before or after? I have to remember. Before um, after. Before. Oh, before. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't sure about your question. She, before Harrison was born? Yes. Was Rita and Dexter married before they, Rita? Was she pregnant at they the wedding? She was very, very early pregnant. Yeah, she was yeah. pregnant. And she was. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting to get married before she started showing too much so she could get into her wedding dress. But she was yeah. very early pregnant when they got married. Yeah. And the only so reason she would have had a Morgan name. It, it depends on, yeah, what name. Yeah, so... So if he would have gone with Morgan on his birth certificate then, or 
or maybe he changed it to McKay while he was in Argentina with Hannah. But I, he's still going by Harrison. <laughs> so if she's, Harrison. If, she, if she's done enough yeah. extensive, extensive research on Rita to know that Rita was married to Dexter, uh, Dexter and Rita had a, a baby son who was found there uh, and was witness to Rita's death named Harrison. Here's Harrison in this little town, right? Um, not a super common name. I don't know. Maybe it is. And maybe I'm just old and haven't heard it enough. But, um, but also one other significant hint to Harrison is uh, what he did to Ethan. He cut the femoral artery uh, of Ethan with a straight razor, which is exactly what Trinity did to mm-hmm. Rita. And, you know, that was his method of killing the women in the bathtub was the straight razor with the femoral artery. That is a giveaway yeah. right there. People are going to start connecting those dots. And I, I don't know. I think, I think that's, to me, what makes her the biggest threat to exposing mm-hmm. Dexter. Yeah, but I love her as a character. I think she's oh, she's awesome. great. She's, <laughs> I know. I, I read a lot of people find her really obnoxious, and she definitely does border on that, you know. But I mean, I feel like she she is, but she gets shit done. Like that's yeah. how I don't she love obnoxious. I kind of view her more of overly like super confident. Yeah, boss bitch. Yeah. yeah, like that's what I'm like. You know, <laughs> first yeah, I introduction. Think she's fun to watch. First introduction, I wasn't a big fan because I felt like, okay, here's the cliche podcaster. But the the next this episode for sure kind of solidified. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, she's. She's not just your run-of-the-mill, like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast kind of podcaster. No. She does her due diligence and she, she does works her, hard. Yeah, yeah, she does. Absolutely. That's awesome. Anything else on your number three there, Pink? Um, No, I think we covered it. Excellent. Uh, well, my number three, I'm 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 just going to go right into it. Uh, Harrison stabby-stabbing the boy in mm-hmm. or ethan um we'll give him a name because uh, he has a name uh, in yeah. the femoral like trinity did like i just was talking about to his female bathtub victims and wh- what i love that this show is doing is how it's making this parallel uh in the show dexter witnesses mother being chopped up by a chainsaw and how did he dispose of his victims he cut them up cut them mm-hmm. up chopped them up and off they went. Harrison's mom, Rita, uh, he witnessed his mother's murder, same as Dexter did. Um, and what does he do to Ethan? Slices his femoral. And just to point out, like, I don't think somebody could do that their first time and nail it. <sighs> I know. I've got, I've got, I have some theories and speculation. I'm not sure yet. And, which brings to question again about Harrison. Cause I have more on Harrison. I've just, Oh, oh. Harrison is just, he's a mystery here. Uh, how much does he remember? You know, in, in the episode, you know, he was uh, talking to Dexter's. He's making that like protein smoothie or whatever for breakfast. And he said, fuck nuggets. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was, I know he wasn't a baby. Like he was a baby when, when, when Rita was murdered and he was a little older and we can debate how old he was by the time the show ended or whatever. Uh, and when he, what but he, he would have known Deb, Aunt Deb but, up until like four or five years old. Right. Right. So he would maybe have some memories of her, but he remembered fuck nuggets. And so could he maybe potentially remember Rita's murder somehow? Some like, residual trauma there and it messed him up very much like it did Dexter. I mean, Dexter was how old was he when Harry found him? What? Th- uh, 
It he's had older to be about than Harrison. Well, he was, he's older sure, than Harrison, so I feel like he's not by much though, right? Like better, three or four. Uh, yeah, I feel like he was three or four. Like I put Harrison like when Rita was murdered, like two or three. I don't even know that he was that old in the show. I don't even know if he was a, a year yet, but um, I think he was crawling. But I don't think he was even walking yet. But anyway, I mean, it's kind of vague. You know, they don't yeah. talk about it in too much detail. But it. it it begs the question, at least for me anyway, how much does he possibly remember? Um, and, and you know, I question, does Harrison really have the dark passenger like Dexter? Mm, uh, is yeah. or, or is he, I mean, clearly he's troubled, right? He clearly has something that's dark in him. And could he be exploring that by experimenting on Ethan? I'm not entirely convinced either way, Uh because I think maybe he could have or be very much like Dexter, right? He might have that dark passenger, um, you know, like De- like Dexter does. Um, and I think that he could very well have some inherent trauma, which is, you know, like I said, based on being present when Rita was murdered. And who knows also what he's endured since Hannah, yeah. you know, died. And again, side note, I did speculate in a previous episode um, that maybe could maybe Harrison have killed Hannah. I feel like i'm still not 100 percent convinced that she died of cancer um so and and then the time that since she has died what has he been through sounds like he's been it's been kind of rough for him on his own he's super young to be like just traveling the country you know looking looking for dexter um so i don't know um i i'm just i'm curious a little bit about you know is it a real dark passenger kind of thing is he just dark and troubled and kind of experimenting and trying, you know, kind of exploring that side of him because he just heard the podcast. He probably very much triggered by that. But I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, Harrison's face when he's at the hospital and Ethan's dad tells him that he doesn't want to see him again. Oh, man. Psychopath. Yep. Psychopath. So uh, I don't know. Talked, that was something that, 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 looked, that look worried me. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. we talked a couple nights ago, I told you, go back and watch that specific you scene right. because you see him go in there and he's crying and it's very like, you, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, maybe he didn't mean to. Instantly, he's like, and I don't want to see you again. His face is just like Dexter face, Dexter stone cold, like, all right, I did my task here. I, I played he's the part. The oh, but, you know, so like you were talking about, like, what does Harrison remember? I mean, Dexter and Deb were talking about that in his head where he's like, you know, he couldn't remember anything. He was a baby. And she's like, well, you, so were you, like you remembered kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like Harrison probably remembers a lot more than what we think he probably would at that age. Just like most kids do. I mm-hmm. think it's, yeah. Ugh. That scene know. in the hospital though, when I saw that, I was like, that kid, so good. you know, you're, when you There's said something. like, he cut that ephemeral artery, like, no problem. It's like, yeah, you don't do that the first time on accident. That takes practice. Yeah. Because I, I, this, I'll go ahead and say, you know, no, I'll, I'll throw some stuff into it because this was my number one partially. So it's part of it. So I'll throw in my notes to kind of fit in with yours. You know, because I, I, part of me wants to be on like Team Harrison here and be like, no, like, I want to believe him, you know? <laughs> I want like, to believe I was like, he's not fully gone. I, I know. I was like, I wonder how much, him. how much of his story, his version of things is true. Like, obviously, yeah. Dexter has gone in and done the splatter, you know, splatter analysis kind of in a way. It's like, we know he's lying about exactly what went down. Yeah. But like, but why? You know, because we know Ethan did have the drawings. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he really did plan on shooting up the school. He That kill list did exist. It's like yeah. he almost and fit so, the code. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's, oh, it like gives it gives a reason for for Harrison <laughs> to view him as bad. And yeah, it was funny the first time I watched this episode on my first watch when Deb says, you know, why would Harrison slash Ethan first? You know, she he didn't hate him. And then I said out loud, watching, I said, well, he fits the code. And then like I was talking to myself and I goes, well, not really. I mean, he didn't actually hurt anyone. And Harrison doesn't know the code. And then Dexter out loud goes, it's almost like he fits the code. And I was like, ah, okay, maybe we're on the same page then. Like, and when all he right, says, Dex, you see me. We're good. And when he uh- <laughs> says to see what it was like. Uh-huh. So it was like, is he experimenting? Is he venturing out? Was this his first time? Um, I don't know, but yeah, I was thinking that exact same thing, and then to hear him say it out loud, it's almost like it fit the code. I'm just, right. oh God, like, I'm well, just man. cheesing all over the place with this show. I can't. And this goes into my number two is I just called it Forensic Dad, because when he's in there mm-hmm. talking with Deb, like it is very much like Deb is you know, trying to stop him from figuring this out. It's like, you're going to fucking ruin it. You're going to find out that yeah. your son did this. You know he did it. Like You know he was the one that initiated this. Like His story's bullshit. You know it. Don't prove it. You're a forensic guy. You know how to do all this. Don't figure that out. Because if you do, there's no turning back. And there's two ways you yeah. could look at that. One is, it's because if you figure that out, then you know your kid has a, you know dark tendencies just like you. Well, and I had the other one. I just lost it. Where'd that go? Mm-hmm. Get back here. Um, I guess the other one would be... Baby, come back. Man, that disappeared. Sorry, I, it'll come back to me. But yeah, one, like he's going down, like he has a dark passenger just like you. And, you know, the the part of me too in this whole thing, like I mentioned, like first time cutting that leg, that can't be possible. The other thing too is he stabbed himself without any remorse. And I've never stabbed myself. I don't know where to stab myself without hurting me. He seemed to know what to do without hurting himself. Yeah. I mean, they do say they do mention a lot that it wasn't very deep. So obviously, he was still a little cautious. Yeah, maybe slightly hesitant about. Yeah, I got scream vibes though, like where it's the two dudes at the end. Like you, you went too deep, man. (laughs) That's why it's better to have someone else do it because it's more. It looks more real, and you know, Dexter, of course, being a a genius forensic, you know. analyst that he is was able to pick up on that the angle of of where the wound went in and and knew that it didn't quite work out and especially and then matching that up with the blood splatter um because i feel like not only like oh i mean it would take a real kind of you know you've got to have something going on to be able to like stab yourself to hurt yourself like that and to really do some serious damage and he did know where to do it i feel like if you do it off to the side enough you don't hit anything super major um so he Mm -hmm. he did kind of know to not have it go too deep and to also make sure it's kind of off to the side enough to where it wouldn't hit anything major uh so i don't know it's curious if he's you know done research in the past or something to know that kind of thing but um yeah, I'm not sure where I was really going with that, but um Yeah, it's just with Harrison because he's so what we've seen so far leading up to this is it's like he's normal, he's adjusted. And mm-hmm. you know who else seemed some, normal? Like, things like secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, it's like you know you think, you know, but you you want to believe him, but then you're seeing this cuz like all this like he's so convincing even more than I think Dexter really was able to be when he's talking to Angela and Dexter that I didn't mean to hurt him like that. I swear I didn't mean to hurt him like that, dad. And like, you're watching that going like, I want to believe him. I want to believe him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, and I think he did. 
I feel like if you watch this the way, uh, like there's some like comedy horror movies that take out all the comedy and it looks like a horror movie. Yeah. If you did, I think uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil does that. Like they take out all the funny mm-hmm. parts and it looks like a horror movie. If you took out Dexter's inner monologue and all the things that happened, you'd be like, oh my gosh, this Dexter dude's a good dude. Like he's cool. He brings donuts for people. You know, he takes care of the <laughs> shop. He's super helpful. But right. the, like if you reverse it and you're hearing Harrison's inner monologue, it's like, oh my God, this guy's like, this dude's scary. Because he's got like, you know, he's got his own journal. And when he saw the Journal of Ethan's, he seemed like, oh, okay, yeah, I get this. And, you know, it's uh, like I, I I would probably be like Team Harrison if it wasn't for that hospital scene. Because when I saw his face drop like it did, it was very much like these two are playing each other. They yeah, both have masks on as they're talking to each other. It's a big tell. Yeah, yeah. That, that face is a big tell for sure. And so, oh, man, so subtle too. Like it, like... <laughs> Uh, um, like whoever whoever made that, if it was his choice or the director's choice, like that was oof, chef's kiss. That was a very yeah. It's those little details. I mean, I'll talk about because we brought you brought it up a little bit earlier, Sean. But the very ending of this episode, that last image we get before credits is you know when Dexter finds that straight razor in the flashlight, and then we have the whole like just like me, born in blood, and all of that, and then that final image, he's like kissing that straight razor fucking chilling yeah like those were de- so that, was, that was a smile and eyes of joy yeah but real was, quick he just it, it just you, you'd miss he smirks it. and then it's gone and i like, mean oh my god he's happy like i it, know the minute like oh. the, the very second i mean god there's they're just i'm I, I love everything so much i just can't yeah. I, I just can't even barely form the words because i'm just geeking out so much about how brilliant i, know. I remember the editing is so brilliant that, yeah first watch the episode i caught it but like that's how into this I am when I know like they're doing a good job with that. Is I I caught that little smirk, that smile, his eyes gleam, and then it cuts to credit, and I literally just went ah like while watching. Like I was just <laughs> oh my god, he just smiled, he smiled, he smiled. Yeah, yeah uh, it was yeah. brilliant yeah. editing the way and that in they this, did that. And that part too, like Deb's playing like the part of him where it's like you don't want this boot, dude. You do not want your son to go down this path like you. It never ends mm-hmm. well. Like, this isn't going to be a, but, you know, father-son road trip across the country killing people. It's not going to end well. No, it's mm-hmm. it's not. But, you know, Dexter feels like he can't be a father to Harrison unless he's like him. You know, because deep down, I feel like Dexter thinks that the only thing that he and or that he can connect with Harrison if he's just as dark and twisted because he wants to be someone that Harrison can look up to. You know, when Deb is like... He is not like you. He is empathetic. Uh, he's personable. He's a hero. You know, she's naming off all these things that Dexter never was and had to fake to be. Yeah. And and he's he's freaking out because he's like, I don't know how to be that. I don't know. He's so different from yeah. me. But now maybe he's not. Yeah. So hell oh yeah, gosh. he's thrilled. He's a big faker just like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's uh, yeah. better at it. Like, yeah. Dexter was good. Dexter was amazing. Like, you could go back and watch him, and he, he pulls it off pretty well, but he still has a few missteps in the series when he, you know, doesn't quite react because uh, he doesn't know how, and he's not quite capable, and he's maybe not even sure how to fake it, certain reactions. You know, people are like, what the hell? You know, I remember, you know, because I've been rewatching, and so people are like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, how can you not react, you know, to that? And he's just kind of like, 
um, you know, he's trying to figure out the appropriate reaction, yeah. you know, and kind of play like, catch up and, and, and be that what people expect him to be like a normal non-dysfunctional person like Deb keeps telling him, you know, that he is, you know, like, you're so fucked up that, you know, you don't even know how to react to things. And, and people who are well adjusted do get fucked up by hearing those things or seeing those things. But Dexter doesn't because he just doesn't have that in him like a normal person would. And I don't, I use normal in quotes because what the fuck is normal anyway. But, um, right. so I don't know. I, I, I just, yeah, I, that's yeah. definitely for Harrison me. Harrison has that darkness, that. but he's also capable of picking up all the social cues and, behaving correctly quote unquote as well he's got it figured out i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's kind of like dexter 2.0 he's like this Mm -hmm. evolved version of dexter what like this absolute perfect manifestation of rita and dexter combined and he's he's totally pulling it off although i'm still i still i'm like you pake i still have want to have this little glimmer that he's not as is totally dark and gone uh, and and ha- has a dark passenger like Dexter that mm-hmm. he doesn't have this urge and need to kill. I'm hoping for his sake, I guess, that he is just, you know, acting out because of what he's going through. He's had this memory of what, and I'm sure he always just lives with that, right? Probably what happened to his mom. I mean, how you probably, that's not something that you forget, but had this brought back to the forefront again, this podcast and all of this being talked about again. Um, and he's, you know, that's kind of coming out in this way, um, you know, through this trauma. I don't know. I, I want him to be, but I don't know that I'm convinced. So, so talking through this, one thing I love to do is like, I love to write. I love to figure out endings. I love to create my own endings. And YouTube just mm-hmm. helped me create my perfect ending to this season. Oh, are you going to reveal it? Are you going to uh, wait? Yeah, I, I, I love to reveal it because it's probably wrong, but it'll be like, it'll be how I think it should end. So we get to the end of the ep- the end of the season, and you're talking about Harrison's dark passenger, and his dark passenger becomes Dexter. I think there's a lot of speculation on that. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm smart, but people are like, "Oh yeah, that's totally that's like right on the nose, Sean. You're not very smart." I don't. Just- <laughs> I don't know if it's on the nose or not. I don't. I mean, because we don't know if there's going to be any other seasons. We don't really know how it's going to end, but I, I think you know, that there's uh, something to that, that there's potential. I wouldn't discount it. And I don't know anything, of course, but I think there's a lot of different theories out there. And that's what I think is a a great, great kind of like, when you know a show is going well, is when you can think of like 15 good endings Mm -hmm. and you don't know which one it's going to be. And there could be 15 other ones that you haven't thought of that could possibly be. Like that's yeah. what I because I hate the shows where it's like um, you know we talked about you before it's kind of I consider it like Dexter Light and that's a show where you, <laughs> yeah, when you yeah. when when you watch it you're like oh well, I, there's like four ways this is going to end and you're usually pretty much right on the nose but like with this like I feel like it can go in numerous different directions and all of them would be good yeah absolutely. Um, that was that your number two there, Sean? Uh, yeah, it kind of tied in. My number okay. two was Forensic Dad. Well, yeah, so. yeah. Okay. I think it, technically it was your number three, and then we kind of threw in rolled into the stuff from two. our other points. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So, okay, so Paik, what's your number two? Let's roll. All with right, it. my number two. Um, what is Kurt up to? Um, <laughs> what is Kurt's angle? Kurt's game? That's what I want to talk about. Um, of course, we have Deb's theory, which is really Dexter's theory. 
because it's all in her his head, which I love the callback of having Deb on the floor with all the photos and the markers. Just a great callback of her working through the situation. She would do it the same way. Good times. But and then the little effect of her like reversing the Sharpie drawing on the photos was really fun. Uh, but her idea, which is what Dexter's thinking, obviously, is that Kurt's wanting the police out of the way so he can dig into Matt's death his own way, either killing someone like Bullhorn, what they talked about, and then going to jail, or worse, figuring out that it was Dexter. Of course, we've also had our own speculation that he's also covering for his own uh, side hobbies that he's partaking in he's got his own little thing which as i watched and, this and I, I remember hearing you guys talk about the, like oh i think rima and Pake are on it like they know what's going yeah. on in that cave <laughs> yeah. so dexter still has no clue about that part of kurt you know because he has that whole while he's talking to deb while he, she's got his photos out and he's like you know you know so it's exactly what you would do is get the police out of the way and figure it out yourself he's like, well kurt's nothing like me and i was like well you want to think on that again um <laughs> you sure mm-hmm. uh but yeah, and then so there's that part of it. But then Kurt's also, while you know working through this, I mean, he goes out, he goes to the police station to talk to Angela, and he's spinning his story there. But he hadn't thought of a lot of details, and she keeps grilling him, and she's going to keep digging him, and she's not going to just brush him off. Which, you know, I hope not. I like that Angela's being thorough about it. But he was like, oh, so so where is he? He Facetimed you. Oh, oh, where where is he at? Oh, in a hotel in New York. And how did he how did he pay for that? And why does he call? Oh, you can't get a hold of him, but you you talk to him then. Why won't he call me back? Why why won't he just clear things up and let me know he's somewhere else? You know, and he's like, um, uh, be- because he's high. You know, <laughs> but even the quick throwaway line on that was like, well, he didn't answer the ten phone calls before or the two after. So it's like he, it's, yeah, you, and we know he didn't do that, right? So yeah, but that was a like he's thought a little bit, but like there's still like so many holes that I feel like Angela keep digging. She knows something is off. She's not sell and she's not buying what he's selling. Right. I mean, she has Logan run the credit cards again. She says he's in a hotel in New York, but he's in need of money. So obviously he's not paying with cash. So he needs to use a credit card. So run the cards. <laughs> like, exactly. She's she's going to keep digging and so that's that's going to be, you know, Angela's going to be a thorn in Kurt's side with his other stuff going on and clearly he's lying. And then we have Dexter seeing him talking to Chloe the first time at the diner, which that'll be important later on for sure. Yep. Um, And then I love that even in his own whatever Kurt's got going on, I think Dexter's partially right about him trying to figure stuff out on his own. But he's also, I think, he's got his own things that he's keeping the police away from. But he does show up at Dexter's house, (laughs) Jim's house, with the, the... token of appreciation for Harrison in the form of a drone, which was actually really nice, and, but interesting. That, But again, he, he set that up as a way to, here's a reason why I'm here, and now I can talk with Jim, because he knows that Jim did not like Matt. I mean, it was pretty clear he didn't really want to have anything to do with him, so he's, he's digging a little bit. And that conversation was really interesting. You know, he's very down on his son. You know, he's a fuck-up, and I just raised a terrible son, and stuff like that. And then what Dexter really gets fell me though? For it. That was a fishing he expedition. Did. I love that. De- he goes, Dexter fuck. went right in it. Yeah, that line. I like. He goes, "Fuck, that guy's fishing." Yeah, and I just nibbled. Uh, yep. <laughs> great line. But but what really got me out of that conversation that they had was when he says, 
you know, he's he's more of a Ethan than he is a Harrison. You know, oh, don't say that. And he goes, well, Ethan just wanted to kill people. Matt actually did. And then it follows up with Dexter going, well, he didn't mean to crash that boat. And he goes, what are you talking about? He wasn't. He didn't crash the boat. He wasn't driving. So I'm like, well, then, what, what just happened? I was he like, did Kurt, oh, was it a did double Kurt slip? slip up? Did, I know, did, did Kurt slip and try to cover after? Or was the Matt actually killed people referring to something completely different? And there's even more of a... a past you know to deal with oh shit is this kind of like a father son on both sides like oh hey we (laughs) go on hunting trips and we kill people that come to our uh, diner and the dexters are like oh my gosh we kill like people who are bad yeah because he just he just said it he was like well matt actually killed people he's like oh yeah i heard about the boat thing he's like no not the boat thing well then what are you talking about (laughs) are we not talking about the same thing what Um, what no he murders people in these woods what oh (laughs) not the boat thing yeah. Yeah. Which, but I wonder man. if it was also to try to trip up Dexter with De- Dexter went Thinking right in. And he's so it. rusty. It's it's just it's it's mm-hmm. almost, it's like, oh, Dexter, you're so far out of yeah, the game, he's you know, <laughs> defensive and wondering why. Well, why do you know about the boat thing? Which mm-hmm. Dexter does a pretty good job of explaining. It. He's like, well, I am dating the chief of police and, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus. But Esther does like to talk a lot. He's still and then quick he on his out feet. That wrong information out there, which is smart too. Is like you know, teenagers do stupid shit, and he's like, "Well, he wasn't a teenager." Oh, I didn't know that. I knew that. I love that little. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, God, <laughs> I, just, I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> but man, uh, but yeah. So what, Kurt's the 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 fishing that he's got going on with Dexter, and maybe still trying to dig into what happened with Matt. But then, what's going on with Chloe? Uh, I mean, it's another girl looking for bus fare who ends up at Kurt's, you know, cellar motel of horror. Because it's, it's Kurt. Like, it has to be, right? Like, yeah. I'm not, a, if, it's like, because not, obviously it's Kurt. I'm not accepting any more theories at this time. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm closing the door on that. We talked a lot about it last week on in favor of, in favor against. Uh, I feel this was a, pretty clear yep here you go uh we're, we're putting place. it out there so if if, if, he, if he's not then i want to hear what fucking story they're gonna tell us then right, to say that he's then, not so yeah this I red feel, herring is like yeah if that's what it is it's a very compelling one and very convincing one at a minimum he's like, involved for sure yeah i don't want to victim blame obviously but with her i'm like what why would she go with this guy to this place? And be like, oh yeah, Don't into the cellar. That person. seems totally nice and normal, not serial killer. Like, not at all. That's this is totally not going to end up with me dead. Totally. Well, this is but, a nice place. And and in this, <laughs> I'll, I'll flip mine so we can. So I'll just talk about Kurt because he was um, mm-hmm. uh, one of my points as well. You know, nobody is ever who they say they are on Dexter. Right? right, the the quirky, socially awkward blood spatter guy. Well, he kills people. Uh, the the assistant district attorney. Well, he's maybe harboring uh, murderous fantasies, and he's just looking for an excuse for it to come out. Uh, we mm-hmm. all hide parts of ourselves from the world, right? And but in Dexter, this you know th- that side that people tend to keep hidden are typically monstrous. You know, yeah, like which is why it works so well with at the end of the episode when we see. Kurt taking Chloe out there. Mm-hmm. It's overlaid with Harrison giving his speech in the gym. Yes. Talking about, you know, we are all a little bit hero and a little bit, I don't know, monster. Yeah. It's all about which side wins out in the end. Well, and as you're hearing him say that, you're watching Kurt 
walking Chloe up to this place is like, well, you know, he's giving her a job and a place to stay. Or is the monster winning and he's taking her to her final place before he kills her? Well, and is right. Kurt's MO kind of like he tried to help her, gave her money. She came back and didn't spend the money on what she said she would. Offered her a job. She didn't want the job. She just wanted money. And so he's like, all right, well, the hero of me, you know, was trying to help, but sorry. All right. That's how I pick him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he's got his own code. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about uh, Kurt. You're not and- draining my bank account, but I'm draining your blood. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a, a great, exciting little reveal because I mean it's 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 very much like some of the other big bads. It was definitely someone like Arthur Mitchell, you know, going back to Trinity and how he's got this normal life. Who would ever suspect Arthur Mitchell? He's a family man. He's a he's a he's a deacon in his church. He volunteers and builds homes for the homeless. Uh, who would ever suspect him? Well, who would ever suspect Kurt? You know the. Uh, unofficial mayor, I feel, of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, the the town's devoted to him. Would do just about anything for him. Um, you know, owns a business and seems like just a you know, yeah, his son's an asshole, but that's not his fault, right? Um, who would ever? But suspect everybody loves him? Caldwell's Diner, best pancakes in town. Um. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's a it's a perfect you know. So you ask, well, why would why would she trust him? Well, you could almost say, why wouldn't she? It's a small town. People tend to right. to trust a little bit more when you're in small towns. I mean, you shouldn't uh, because His names on everything that she's been at right you'd think well i should be safe with him because everybody trusts him and everybody knows and everybody him, knows so who he's he not is. gonna do anything exactly well, you, you've gone through wrong. you've gone through 20 years of your life and how many times have you run into a serial killer like that's not something people think about um i do I, there's a <laughs> no, i'm not like everyone but i do <laughs> i've mentioned this like numerous times and i think it's one of the best lines ever in the girl with the dragon tattoo i'll paraphrase cause it's been a while but Basic, uh, I guess I won't because I'll spoil it. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. But, but yeah, I mean, um, well, it is something I kind of think about. Like, I wonder how many, like, close calls I've been through over the years. Like, how many potential murderers could I have encountered throughout the years? It is something because that's just me and my twisted brain but um but i i love that and i love that that parallel because you know whenever i was saying like nobody is who they say they are on dexter that goes for kurt it goes for harrison it goes for dexter it goes for you know so many people uh on the show and i i do love that voice you know harrison's voiceovers he's given that speech um and we get that reveal i think it was such a a perfect little reveal because it was just this small little thing you know, mm-hmm. walking in the woods, and then and you're like, "Where are they at? What are they doing? Oh my god, is that the cabin? Oh my god!" And you see the uh, like the cellar doors or yeah. whatever that like yeah. the girl popped, in, and you're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck!" And then they just kind of quietly, you know, reveal that at the very end. And I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And so I'm convinced that yes, it's confirmed. Um, you, and if not, then they better have a hell of a story. <laughs> right. You know? Do you guys watch any of like at the end of the episode, like the short preview of the next episode? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I've, yes. I've seen it. I, I just try not to talk about it too much. I guess if people haven't seen it, but yeah, well, yeah, I, I've tried not to talk about it, but I do watch it. Um, if you want to talk so. about it, we can just preface it with, you know, skip ahead a, yeah. a minute. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it actually wasn't Kurt. He actually takes her on a flight to Florida, and they enjoy a beautiful time on the beach. She actually Miami? meets her family down there. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty emotional. The whole series kind of changes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it becomes really? Kurt. 
hanging out on the beach with this girl's family. And yeah. Like, oh, you're so great. You're like, you know, I thought I wanted to see more son. killing, but I kind of like this. <laughs> okay. I will. I look forward to that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, that that kind of just flowed into. I'll, I'll make that my number two and just kind of flip that. So, uh, Sean, what's your number one? Uh, yeah. So it, it kind of goes back a little bit to Forensic Dad, but my number one to me is that we called this uh, H is for Hero, uh, but I really feel like this episode should be called The Killer Is H. Um, <laughs> I, I know we're we're kind of on like the well, maybe Harrison's good, maybe he's you know not. You know, we, we're holding out hope that, you know, he's not like Dexter, but I, I kind of think the groundwork's been laid that he's got these tendencies. I, I think it's not the first time he's done it. Um, you know, I feel like all like, you know, he knew how to choke people. He knows like he's really good at wrestling, apparently can cut arteries with the best of them, can hide his story. Um, you know, and it really kind of goes into like when Dexter's seeing the scene and he's talking to Deb, he, he says like something's off. And uh, he says, I hope you're right. And then she says, like, do you? And so it's very much kind of like he's like, oh, well, I hope De- I hope Harrison's not like me. But, you know, we see him kiss the knife. We see him do all this stuff and not get mad. We see him kind of like almost like the same thing. He's fishing with Harrison, trying to get him to figure out, like, OK, well, how much of the story is real? How much of it's not? And. Yeah, just like. I feel, and I I don't know how they're going to go about this because, you know, is this a, you know, it's Dexter, so I don't think it's going to be like a happy dad son moment. They're going to be getting in the car, going on a killing bad guy spree across the country. So I feel like this is mm-hmm. all leading to something very, very traumatic and very, very horrific. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure where that's going to go, but I desperately want to see what's going to happen but um yeah, yeah. i don't I, think it's going to be a happy ending the problem with i've mentioned that before of watching this show versus a netflix show where i can't go watch the next episode after we're done recording because I, I have to wait till sunday i'm <laughs> kind of happy about it i mean it, it's it's so difficult not being able to have another episode to watch after we record this because obviously mm-hmm. yeah we want to see what happens but it's fun because um not only are, you know do we watch the episode twice, we take the notes and do a little bit of our own analysis on it and, and think about it and take notes, and then we come together and talk about it. But then after talking about it with you know here on the podcast, it gives me more food for thought, like getting your thoughts and your speculation and your theories and listening to what our listeners um, and their feedback have to say. Then it gives me more to think about. So then I'm like, okay, now let me go marinate on this for a couple of days before that episode airs. So then I can t- kind of take mm-hmm. that into the next episode. So I, I like having this time to, you know, process the episode and, and, and talk it out with someone and kind of be like, you know what, maybe I'm wrong. And I like what you're saying. And I like that theory. And this you brings know, back um, like the water cooler talk of shows. And I am all I for know. that because I, I'm not a binger. I can't sit and watch like six episodes in a row because after the third, I start flipping through my phone or start drifting off. I like that's why I love doing Strange D because it is week to week and you get to digest it and really appreciate it and pick it apart. And sometimes you maybe pick it too far apart, but you get down to the bones sometimes, and you really dig at it. Yeah. And you get out that straight blazer razor and start cutting away at it. And <laughs> then you're like, oh crap, I cut too far. And then you have to stab yourself. And, you know, and, but dad's proud. So that's, that's all, you know, it's all that matters in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end on a... I don't know what's going to happen. I've I've speculated. I know uh, I, I've 
said, I think from the first episode, I was like, I've, I've got a theory. I'm going to write it down. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I put like a date on it and said, if I, you know, we'll see what happens there at the end and see if I'm right. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think whatever happens that it's going to be a happy ending by any means, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know that it should be. So. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if, you know, kind of trying to, go back to my number three, like with love, like, you know, is there, I I feel like that's kind of maybe going to be like a thing we see in the end, like something tied back to that. Like we're going to see it, but we may not like, will we see the true monster Dexter? Will we see a true father figure Dexter? Like again, like so many different ways the show can go. There are so many different ways. Uh, but, Pink. Yep, that's my number one. Oh, did it? Okay, yep. good. Awesome. Thanks. Pake, what's your number one? Yeah, so number one, I think I've talked a lot about mine because I just kind of, it was a big one. I was like, I mm-hmm. have so many notes and only three <laughs> points that I can do. So let's cram a bunch into it, number one. So it was like the incident at school and Harrison's darkness. And I even tied in a lot of like Dexter looking into Harrison. So, mm-hmm. but we've talked about a lot of it. So I'm, I'm still wondering, you know, or I'll see. What notes that I have? Um, of course, you know we did talk about the, the uh, forensic dad, uh, yeah, forensic my old forensic brain, as he says, because he just can't let it go. He's obsessing. Once he's like changing out the bandage on Harrison, and he's like, that stab wound does not add yep. up to what blood doesn't done. lie. And it, yeah, and then it just it sends him spiraling. Really, almost like Absolutely. he just he's obsessing over it, and and he can't stop. I mean, he's he goes to the police station to to look at the pictures again and well that's not the same knife that made those cuts so obviously Harrison had his own weapon and this is to where he goes to the school mm-hmm. uh yeah talk about small to, town like the school's on lockdown all the parents are going inside and getting their kids right yeah 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 because he's he's got to go there and do the blood spatter analysis without all of his equipment but it's all in his mind and working with Deb which is so cool by the way I love that that whole like system where you know he has like Deb stab him and then like the blood splatters oh over there, and he's like, "See that blood doesn't match up," and then you see that blood disappear as he's like, "So let's try it again this way," and then the blood match- matches up. It was just very so Da Vinci cool. Code. Such a, uh, yeah, such a brilliant scene. I loved it so much. This is actually mm. uh, my number one. So yeah, sweet, perfect. Yeah, but man, it's. So much. I wanted to talk a little bit also about that scene with Ethan's parents in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you pointed out the his face changing because I didn't have that in here, but I did notice it. But just that conversation, that thing there, because I do feel for Ethan's parents in this whole thing. Because totally. you know his mom is talking about this situation has tarnished their whole image, which sucks. Because I mean, really, how were they supposed to know? But then for. Ethan's mom to blame Harrison. I mean, not counting what actually happened, but on the story that everyone has in their mm-hmm. mind based off what Harrison said, you know, it's a little much because Ethan was the one threatening people's lives. And if it wasn't for Harrison in this story that we've been told, then it would have been worse. And even the dad understands that and says that but he's like, no, we, you know, we appreciate what you did because it could have been a lot worse and would have been a lot worse with her. You know, I, I didn't get the mom being like, well, why didn't you come to us? Why didn't you tell us? It's like, because I just found out that second. What are you talking about? Crazy lady. Uh, well, like, can, you know? can you imagine being the parents in that situation too? Like, well, we never, like, nah. we, we know he had trouble at school, but he like, we well, like, wouldn't we have seen it? And if you take the right. story that we're told, then like, they probably feel horrible. 
But if you look at the reality of it, what if Ethan wasn't planning anything? What if he just he did draw these things up and like the list he had wasn't really like I mean, it was a list of kids, which I think a lot of people would assume like, oh, that's a kill list. But maybe it was just like, these are the kids that are assholes to me. So I write their names down because it, you know, it gets out my frustrations. But maybe he did. What what was written on the list? I think he said it was like the fuck you list. Something like that. Fuck you guys is what what it said on the page. Yeah. But I mean, like as Uh, a parent, like you're like, you know, like every, all the proof is saying your kid was responsible for this and you feel horrible. But then like some deep down, you're going to be like, well, that's not my kid, right? Like, don't I know my kid? But, mm-hmm. you know, then you're going to be that parent, like the mom who's like, oh, why'd you come to me? Like, this isn't him, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it, I really, like, if, if, if it's not like what we're told, like if Ethan really wasn't planning on doing anything, I feel for all three of them because all three of their lives are ruined. Mm-hmm. And that could have been just yeah. because Harrison was like, oh, well, I, well, yeah. I want to take... I mean, Ethan woke up and is saying... I never stabbed Harrison. He attacked me first. And the police are even just like, no, we're going to press charges on you and build a case against you because we're just going to take Harrison's word over yours. The end. Bye. Yeah. Like, yeah, that does suck. Because even Dexter's like, well, Ethan's telling the truth. Like, he knows. Well, and they they say she's like, oh, I can get you in touch with a lawyer so you can basically sue him in civil court. And Dexter's like, no, that that's good. Well, <laughs> they're going through enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... It's a messy situation, and it really does. It just leaves us in limbo with Harrison being like, what is going on with him? Is he somebody who, you say, holding out for hope. I had the, holding out for a hero. <laughs> uh, but, you know, are we, you know, it's like, we want that to be good. It's like, or is that darkness really there? And he's been playing us as the audience these first three, you know, and a half episodes also, you know. So I'm I'm excited to see where that goes for sure, and I do like. But at the end, because he has this like sense of justice, and we see that because at the little like meeting in the gym, you know, Zach has that. Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to Harrison for saving all our asses and speech, speech, speech. And Harrison decides to give a speech, you know, and the fuck nuggets are the target of the speech. Yeah. That's his whole, you know, cause they're all jokey about everything until Harrison's speech basically is like, yeah. And Ethan did a really fucked up thing, but he's also a major victim because he was pushed for years by a bunch of assholes right here. And you know, everyone's clapping at the end of his speech, except for the douchebag brigade. So, you know, like he took that moment to be like, kind of serve a little justice. He was like, Yeah. It sucks for Ethan and, you know, yeah, I'm sure it's scary for all of you to be on his list, but you wouldn't be if it wasn't for these assholes right here. So what if what if Harrison's like his codes more around bullies and because we know Ethan was walking away when he cut him. What if in this realm he tried to talk Ethan into doing something to the bullies and Ethan decided, well, I don't want to go that far. And so then he is already too far Mm -hmm. in with him that he had to do something about it. He had to silence his uh, I guess the, the evidence that would go against him. Man, I don't know. I yeah, don't it's. Know. Ooh, I'm I'm interested to see, and I hope we get more answers. I on agreed. Like, I hope this isn't the end is. of Ethan in terms of this show. Like, I hope yeah. that plays a part. Yeah, well, and I mean, do you guys think he Harrison intended to kill Ethan or just injure him? Because I feel see, that's like what that's, I don't know. Because I wanted to artery, believe. You're gonna bleed yeah. out. Because when he said, I didn't mean to hurt him that way, I like I was saying, I, I want to believe, but it's like, but really, because if this was all a setup and a ploy against, you know, to use Ethan as your scapegoat, then like, 
would you want him to survive? Because now he's got his own word against yours for what happened. But with the evidence, but is he also? But him, with the evidence, know. he's like, yeah. But he knows because of who he is and how charming he is and mm-hmm. who he knows and who likes him versus Ethan. That people are going to take his word over Ethan's anyway. Maybe he just doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was curious and and thinking about that. Like, well, did did Harrison go in with the intent to you know just act out and and play this out and see like Dexter was saying to see what it felt like, or maybe was he intention wanting to kill him and see what it felt like? Because I feel like that's a that's a fatal wound, you know. Yeah, um, you can definitely bleed out um, very easily, and it sounds like he almost did. I mean, it seems know? pretty obvious he was aiming for that I, cut. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. very obvious. I don't think there's any question that's what he was going for. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, wh- what you were saying, and like I said, it's part of my number one, too, is just that whole scene uh, when Dexter figures it out and he goes back mm-hmm. in his blood splatter analysis mode. Oh, my God. I was just so excited. It thrilled me so much because it just r- takes you back, you know, to the series um, and how he was just really in his element where he's working a crime yeah. scene. And he's figuring it out. And he's putting together the pieces because he would show up and they'd be hearing the story of a victim. You know, oh, well, this happened and that happened. And he's sitting there. You can see Dexter. and He's like, no, it didn't. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, talking yeah. about what really <laughs> happened and how he's piecing it all together based on uh, the blood splatter and and, you know, er- you know, just putting it all together. So it definitely brought back all the feels from the original. And, you know, I could watch Michael C. Hall play Dexter for another 10 seasons and not get bored at all. He, he, he's just come. Even when the show was at its lowest and it's like worst. Yeah. He crushed it. He's still great. Like his performance was top His performance was always great. I never, ever questioned uh, Michael C. Hall and his performance and how he played the character of Dexter. Um, I think he's absolutely brilliant. And to see him just after all these years, just this episode especially, right, for me was, I mean, it's been great, but I feel like this episode really, you saw our Dexter uh, in in this episode. So I could watch him for another 10 seasons and never get bored. I think he is so freaking brilliant. And I swear if they show him this season in a dark brown Henley and cargo pants, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) The the, the black gloves, the dark brown Henley and cargo pants, I'm going to lose my shit. I just, uh, yeah, count me out. Uh, just to uh, me. Mm-hmm. double back on what you're talking about, Rima, like, you know, back when he was on investigations and he would see like the person that they're investigating was lying about something, mm-hmm. not all the time, but in some of those instances, he was finding his next target. And in this situation, right. when that's happening, it's Harrison. It's who, Harrison. If this, if this yeah. was an alternate mm-hmm. place or an alternate person, that would be his next target. Or Harrison, Harrison wasn't his son, then... Yeah, he'd he'd be like, hmm, and he'd start, you know, looking into the person and doing what, and that was another fun part too. Was the beginning, uh, where Deb is on the floor, and you know, because they're talking mm-hmm. about why would Kurt lie, and so they're you know kind of playing it out and talking it out, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, and I loved it so much. She, she is so I, I'm so glad that we've got her back on the show. Yes, um, and I, I'm really seeing enjoying uh, them. Um, you know, going together in their scenes. Um, when, when she talks about, you know, doing due diligence, I'm like, that's exactly what Dexter did and what he would talk about doing. And yeah, that's what he would have done. He would have done his due diligence, you know, to, you know, prove that this person met the code, right? And 
then of course he would dispatch of them. Um, but I think that he's, you know, yeah, he would, and that was a, that's a great parallel that you made there, Sean, and, and that's what Dexter would have normally done. But of course, now we're looking at Harrison in that role. But I think he's starting to, you know, turn his attention to Kurt, and he's going to start doing some due diligence on Kurt. He's obviously very suspicious, and you can see him as he's watching him as he's pumping gas, and he's looking at him through the, um, you know, the window there at the diner that he's, you know, got some questions about why he's, you know, trying to work so hard to get the cops off of, you know, Matt's trail. Um, but I, I love it so much. I loved that scene with him and Deb. I love it, you know, watching them try to work a scene. I loved uh, them at the high school and doing that whole reenactment, like going by Harrison's story, seeing how it doesn't fit, uh, and then how it really played out. I thought it was so great and uh, really took me back. So uh, good, good to geek out on for me. Yeah. Uh, and and Deb's, uh, her, her little fan party for Dexter with all the different Debs with all their signs yeah. and the confetti and that's hilarious i love these it's like a scrubs style like yeah. fantasy visual where they just like flash in and then back out and they're doing that with her it's it's the perfect amount of ridiculous and it's so deb well that's so back to back weeks too because we had the uh, wood chipper yeah. one last week the wood so chipper, the wood chipper yeah. one was great well, she did like the little leg kick yeah you know, like yeah. oh you know as the blood and guts are splattering and yeah mm-hmm. just so much fun you can tell she's having a good time um, character. Okay. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm just gonna. Well, I'll talk about it in my notes. So let's hold that thought and let's let's um, go into our notes. If everyone's wrapped up their top three, um, Sean, mm-hmm. what what notes do you have? Uh, so just a few. Um, so like when uh, they were ta- when Harrison and Dexter were talking about the whole situation, and Harrison was talking about how he was, you know, uh, scared the shit out of him, and kind of asked him how he dealt with it. And Dexter said, well, I wrap bad guys up in plastic and I kill them. I, I thought it. was a great my line. Oh, God, wasn't that a great line? I've got that, too, in my notes. I just... Mm-hmm. Me, too. We all had that as a note. Like, we've got to make <laughs> sure to mark notes. that because it's a great line. Yeah, yeah, it's a great line. But what what made... And, and to just jump in on that, not only was it just a great line and a funny line because we love Dexter's inner monologue, right? Um, but also, did you guys kind of see that as a moment where I think Harrison recognizes there's something different about him. Cause I mean, he's already talked to Dexter, right? Like, you know, did you think that there was something wrong with me? Is that why you left me? Is there something wrong with yeah. me? Um, he's like, do you have an inner monologue of too, a darkness dad? within his? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like <laughs> Dexter tells him and there's this darkness in me and that's what I'm afraid of. So when he's like, well, how do you deal with it? Cause I deal with it with slashing my friend's femoral artery. And then he's out. just like, I don't know. I, d- I don't know how I deal with it. And he's like, okay, never mind. I'm fine. Then that's not talk. Yeah. Like, I, I loved it. I thought I was like, oh, he's, this is like a real moment where I feel like Harrison recognizes something in him. And I don't know if he knows how to deal with it. I don't know if he's comfortable with it. You know, Dexter's pretty comfortable in his skin, right? Like he, he's very comfortable, you know, that dark side of him. He's more uncomfortable being that, you know, forced to be social and forced to put that mask on and be someone that he's not, you know, he, he's more comfortable with just being who he is. Um, so, you know, it, it was like maybe Harrison is not comfortable with that, with, with what is inside of him. And it was just a, just a very real moment where I feel like the mask kind of came down. Maybe that was a real side of Harrison. Like, how do you deal with that? And then Dexter's like, 
can't really tell you how I deal with that. <laughs> well, because I mean, Harrison, the way you're looking at it, Harrison's basically what Dexter would have been if he didn't have Harry, because Harrison is Dexter minus Harry, essentially. Right. Well, and I think that that's, you know, Dexter's, you know, kind of talking earlier about how Dexter feels like he can't connect with the son because he's so different than what he is. He's personable. He's he's empathetic and uh, he's social and people love him and he's a hero, you know, very, very different than, than what Dexter was and is. And, you know, not only does he feel this is a way that they can connect if, if you know, seeing this darkness that Harrison has and um, this, he, he thinks is dark passenger. Um, but, you know, it, it's like now he can successfully teach him what Harry taught him, teach him a code and, and give him that guidance, you know, that he can be there um, to kind of help him when he hasn't been there before when he wasn't in his life. So, yeah. Kind of in that same vein when, uh, when he's eating breakfast, uh, Harrison says like, Oh, I want to go back to the school because I want to get back into a routine. And Dexter's like, I get that. (laughs) And, you know, and he's watching him eat. He's like, he even eats like me. Yeah. Love well, it. I like that way because usually he has, he ignores that. Like the inner monologue will say something kind of snarky and then he'll ignore it. But the fact that he goes with that line, he's just like, I just want to get back into a routine. And the inner monologue goes, I totally get that. And then Dexter goes, <laughs> I, totally I totally get, get that. that. <laughs> like He's like, oh, this is once where I can just say that and it makes sense. Like, <laughs> I just I laughed out loud. It was uh, so good. Uh, and my last note is just kind of a general thought I had is, you know, as Harrison's like healing from the stab wound. It's just kind of like the human body still amazes me, like all the stuff it can go through and heal itself. Like Mm -hmm. it, like literally you took a stab wound and within a few weeks with some medicine, obviously you had some assistance, but you're back to somewhat normal. Like that, that just kind of amazes me what the human body's capable of. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of all the notes. I think we we kind of talked about everything else. So excellent. Peak notes. Have you got? Yeah. Um, more like Harrison and Dexter kind of talking with each other. I like the, yeah, I mean, we talked about the fuck nuggets thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's that was one of your Aunt Deb's favorite ones. He goes, what do you remember? He goes, oh, I don't remember much except the swears. Which uh, <laughs> is great. It's because it, fuck nuggets, classic Deb line, along with da- uh, Dexter's favorite. Uh, I'd rather put out a campfire with my face. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is great. And then I love how they follow that. I was like, do you miss her? And he goes, oh, she's in my thoughts all the time. <laughs> and so did you that catch was funny, such a great line? But also very sweet because Deb's there in the background. She just kind of like smiling, right there. like, oh, yeah. you know, he remembers me. That's that I thought was yeah. really sweet. Yeah. And to me, that wasn't like a very snarky, like you know, like the holding up all the celebration signs. Like that felt like a true moment, like almost like a moment with a ghost type thing, which is something we I don't mm-hmm. think we've really seen so far with the Deb Dexter uh, interactions. Yeah. It was it was a moment of like sweetness and not like them butting heads as like the two different trains of thought. So yeah, it was cool. Uh, the we got a live appearance, live and in puppy of Garfield the dog. What a special cameo! <laughs> uh, he's brought into the shop. Uh, Fred Junior's holding him because I think we only saw the picture before. Mm-hmm. Just a random thing that I got. I was like, oh, there's Garfield the dog that came back. Um, but yeah, I was talking about Deb played more of the role of insecurity in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, because it's Dexter's thoughts and I have to kind of remind myself because I'm like, oh man, Deb's really a, down- a Debbie Downer. Um, but then it's like, well, it's it's Dexter's insecurity 
that's at play and it's just her personifying that because at that point Harrison was seeming so normal and adjusted and they could never have a good relationship and he's worried about that but then she's also the voice telling him stop digging you're going to screw this up um let's see that might be all other than one thing um Iris comes up one more time because we've been kind of tracking that a little bit and we find out a little bit more about the Iris situation. So it was Angela's high school best friend that went missing a lot like these missing girl cases they're dealing with now. And even, you know, the one that Molly had found was like, yeah, she really was just a runaway. She was getting rid of getting away from her drug addict mom and the was a rotating door of shitty boyfriends. It's like, so she just went to Oklahoma and is doing her own thing. So some of them do just run away. And so that was kind of the case with Iris, which Angela's friend is she went missing and everyone just assumed that was the case that she was a runaway and then kind of dropped it. And so that is why Angela became a police officer was to be better than the people who didn't look into Iris then. So then it made me have a little bit of a theory. Uh, What if Iris happened to be Kurt's first victim, or at least an early one. Yeah. There's some TV for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the same yeah. thought. I like I feel like that tracks. Like, yeah, for or first mm-hmm. victim or maybe it could have been Matt's first victim if we got like a like a other side of this dad son murder combination thing. Yeah. Only thing with that, because I think because they were still in high school together when it happened, right? Uh, I would assume so, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 So, so Matt would have been too young. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have like, <laughs> yeah. but, but Kurt was, I feel like that could have been, but Matt would have been the same age as her, right? Oh yeah. Cause he does say Kurt, or Matt was like in his thirties. That's right. He does have that line of saying, you know, yeah, he actually seems like a teenager. Yeah. But he is in his thirties. That is a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Cause I do also have that mentality of thinking of Matt as younger, but yeah, you're right. Hmm. Yeah, could be interesting. I, mean, I, I could see Iris being tied into the Caldwell situation. Yeah, it's definitely the Chekhov gun of this. Like, it's been used enough that it's, it's got to come up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you keep name dropping this person. It's not like Iris. This isn't Iris. I'm not Iris, Mom. Okay, well, the Iris is important to this story, obviously. Yep, and not just the Goo Goo Doll song. Yeah, although that is a very important song. Oh, I love. If they better play that. So that's actually that's. If they don't play that, the season's ruined for me. <laughs> well, I'm just digging just the theme music. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that the intro is a lot different than the original, but you know, we still get like the, um, you know, the outgoing music, and we still get pieces of it like in the middle. It sounds just slightly different, but it's there, and mm-hmm. you know what it is. So, I'm. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Any other notes? That is all I had. Awesome. Uh, well, I I have some notes uh, as well. Uh, I think a couple that we haven't already talked about, and I want to come back to what you were talking about earlier, Pake, um, with the callback of um, with this little celebration with all the Debs and the signs and stuff. Um, if everyone recalls, that is actually uh, a callback to season one. Uh, mm-hmm. so we, we, we get that little reenactment with, uh, confetti and all the devs holding up all these signs, you know, we love Dexter, go Dexter. Um, that is a callback to Dexter's season one finale, which we know just, you know, follows 
Dexter having just killed his brother, the ice truck killer, and where he's wishing people would celebrate him, right? Like he's doing good. He's eliminating, you know, the um, the, the bad guys, uh, you know, in Miami and wants to be celebrated. The ending of season one you know, actually shows Dexter envisioning himself, you know, as he's, you know, I think it was at the police station, maybe uh, if I'm remembering correctly, but maybe I'm not, but this crowd of people, a crowd of fans, just like what you see there in um, episode or this, in this episode here where they're holding up posters, they're thanking him. They, it's such a direct callback that they even show this obscure sign. There's a, one of the signs that uh, Deb is holding, well, all the Debs, but, you know, uh, one of the Debs is holding yeah. that says, Josie loves Dexter. There's, yeah. in season one, in that scene, that when the crowd is cheering Dexter and, oh, thank you for killing the bad guy for us and making it safe for Miami, right? There's a sign that says, Josie loves Dexter. That's awesome. Um, nice. so, I did notice one of the ones that Deb was holding said Miami. Yeah, loves Miami Dexter. loves Dexter. I, like, I, I got a so, picture of it. I, I heart Dexter. Miami loves Dexter. We heart Dexter. Go Dexter. Josie loves Dexter. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. So, <laughs> nice little direct callback that, you know... Uh, because that's how Dexter always kind of saw himself and what he was kind of hoping for. And I, you know, I think that, you know, Harrison's being seen as a hero right now. Right. And, uh, you know, it almost feels like Dexter would kind of live vicariously through Harrison a little bit um, because he's Mm -hmm. being celebrated for what he's done. And Dexter's kind of, you know, maybe wanting to kind of latch on to that a little bit too, um, because Dexter wants to be celebrated for taking out his villains. Um, you know, kind of like what Harrison, um, you know, is right now. So, um, but of course, you know, we knew there in season one, you know, he was just telling himself, you know, that, um, you know, he just wanted to be praised. He wanted to be, he wanted to be able to kill out in the open and be praised. Um, so anyway, yeah. and, you know, he, you know, and if he can't get that praise and be celebrated for taking, you know, being a serial killer by the general public, then he can at least be looked up to um, by the person who matters the most to him. Harrison, right? So, um, what other notes did I have? We talked about the podcaster. We've talked a little bit about, oh, we mentioned the lines. I, I, he was not wearing the exact clothes, but was it just me or did Harrison, when he's lying on his, his cot, his cot in the little closet there, when he's lying on the bed, did he look a little like Dexter when in his kill clothes? Yeah, I could see it. He, he just... Hmm. Uh, just that image of him shot overhead uh, of him lying in bed, the clothes looked very much Dexter-esque that Dexter would always mm-hmm. wear when um, he was on a hunt. Um, I liked that, you know, we've talked a lot about the podcaster, but I liked that she pointed out that there was a four-cycle kill pattern. You know, his Trinity yeah. wasn't just known. It wasn't the three kills, the four kills. I think she had it a little bit backwards saying that the first cycle was the woman in the bathroom. It was actually the 10-year-old boy's. That he would. He started with the. Yeah, that was not known. Um, I think it was Mm -hmm. uh, Miami Metro. And was it Deb that discovered that? Or was it um, Batista, maybe, whenever he called the cops in the other cities and kind of made the connection? But I'm pretty sure it was Miami Metro that actually um, made that revelation. Um, Yeah. So I think she had a little bit wrong because it was actually that was the start of a cycle. Um, and then the woman mm-hmm. in the bathroom, then the, the, um, was the, it the, falling, the mother. falling, the mother falling from however mm-hmm. high up and then the bludgeoning. Um, yeah. but I, I at least give her credit for at least pointing out that it was a four cycle. Um, yeah. 
and she, we, but he didn't but he killed in fucking force <laughs> you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um and i think yeah we covered all my other notes so that's great this this was super fun and i actually have before we did you guys have anything else to say before i move on i'm sorry any other notes okay, to, okay. no Perfect. I, I don't always have news every week because, um, and I don't have to worry about spoilers like with with um, uh, Netflix shows when the whole thing is out there. But uh, I don't often look for uh, you know too much news. But there was something out this week um, about this episode. I just thought I would um, give a little snippet here of an interview that they did with um, Michael C. Hall and Clyde Phillips. Um, this was from TV Line. Um, so they were, they were speculating. They said, if Harrison does indeed have a dark passenger of his own, does that mean Dexter will take on the role of Harry and teach his own son the code? Um, and Michael C. Hall says, it's possible. (laughs) He said, I think that possibility is a part of the fun and the richness of that relationship. There are opposing things that are happening simultaneously for Dexter when it comes to Harrison and the dark passenger. On one hand, it's Dexter's deepest fear that his son has the Dark Passenger, and on the other hand, it's his deepest wish, which makes parenting tricky. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the emergence of Harrison uh, turns Dexter's life upside down, says showrunner and executive producer Clyde Phillips. Uh, he said Dexter's been living this abstinent, monastic, light, lonely life by choice, and suddenly here's his son, who's a young man filled with anger and issues of abandonment and pain, but yet somehow is able to socialize. Uh, there's a phenomenon called inherited trauma, and Dexter has it, says Phillips. He wonders if Harrison has it too, or if he was too young to remember. Uh, and we'll learn the truth of what that is. Obviously, it's the more entertaining truth. If Harrison had nothing and no memory, then we have no story, he teases. Um, but um, when Dexter pieces together, um, Michael C. Hall says, as is always the case with Dexter, when presented with an either-or scenario, um, it, it, is it this or is it that? It's usually both, he said. He's experiencing a sense of horror and a sense of relief and a sense of a wish being fulfilled and a sense of the forbidden. It's all of these things. So I love that. I I love that. That I think totally fits a lot with what it's like. It could be this, it could be that. And I'm totally okay with either or both. (laughs) Love that. Um, One other thing that I wanted to um, kind of call attention to, one of our listeners um, brought this to my attention. I thought was um, really interesting. Um, This was from, was it gold, gold derby? I'm not sure of the source here, but um, so Clyde Phillips says in this, little interview that he gave uh he says i was just watching my first time going through the finale i was watching the director's cut it's a script that i wrote he reveals i think it's the best thing i've ever written i was watching with tears streaming down my face so i don't know about you guys i'll probably see it be in the same boat in that episode then hopefully i hope that it does that for me because i hope because I, I i i want to feel a better emotion than annoyance and yeah. than what we felt end of season eight <laughs> at what we got at the last finale. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I feel like you know because Clyde Phillips wasn't there the entire time. He left after season four. Trinity uh, and Rita mm-hmm. dying was his final season, and you know we had we had different yeah. people at at the helm, and you know now he's back, and I I, I feel 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt really great about this series already just watching it. I've I've loved it and I haven't really had um, you know, as I've been watching doubts about how great it's been and how my I have hopes on how they're going to end it and and that we're, we'll have that status satisfactory ending right but when i hear clyde phillips say you know he wrote this he was watching you know the script that he wrote on on screen and he said it's the best thing that he's ever written i'm like oh damn so i should know better maybe than to get my hopes up too high but um i don't know i'm feeling really good about that if if he has the confidence to say that I hope like the last episode of this is one of those, like when it ends, like you just sit back on the couch for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and just like let your mind. As the credits just roll, you're not even like, yeah, acknowledging that the credits are going. You're just in your own yeah. zone. Yeah. Uh, it's, I have a feeling it's, I'll be uh, been crying. A while since, yeah. So yeah, no matter what. it's It's been a while since I've had a show that did that. I know like Supernatural ended really well that way where like That's when I cool. watched the final episode, I, I sat and just kind of like absorbed all of it because... Like even that, that was like a thirteen or fourteen season show. Like yeah. this is like, I mean, you add the ten years and there's like fifteen ish years. Uh, you, you know, we've all invested into this Dexter universe, and for it to end that way, you just kind of sit. And you're like, who? It's like when you finish a really good book and you just close it. And you sit there and you just like, wow, okay, like that. And like you said, Pink, like I don't want to close the book and want to chuck it across the room. Like I want to feel good <laughs> about the end of this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yep. Just. I, I came across that as I was um, looking through some articles and just thought it was kind of interesting to get their perspective on this particular episode um, since we had so much to say about it and about Harrison. So I wanted to share. Um, now, as I've mentioned before, a big part that I love about this podcast is the listener engagement and getting to hear what our listeners um, have to say because I, I think it's interesting everyone's different perspectives and speculation about what's happening in the show and what we're watching um, so let's get to that listener feedback that we have Sean do you want to take that first one for me sure uh, this comes from Jason Erdman so like father like son that straight razor couldn't conceal Dexter's dark passenger's smile and relief time to introduce Harrison to the code <laughs> also looks as if Kurt is up to no good was nice to see Dexter do some blood spatter analysis again. Another solid episode. Agreed. This next one is from Simon Wooster, who says, Another great episode. I feel like the first three episodes were designed to ease us back into the world of Dexter, whereas episode four felt like the story was really starting to take shape. Harrison is definitely a mini Dexter, but he needs some training quickly before he gets caught. Yeah. I just imagine them sitting around the trophy room like, oh, Harrison, you remember that kill? Oh, <laughs> so proud of you, son. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not wrong. Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen next and what, what Dexter's plan is uh, as far as next steps. But, I mean, he that was one big thing that Harry taught Dexter was, and that was one big rule, right? He had those rules. And the first one was don't get caught. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm like, shit, is that what Dexter's going to be teaching Harrison? Because, I mean, I think he did, um, I think, an okay job. But clearly, if someone who, you know, if 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 there had been someone trained like Dexter, like if that, uh, what what was his name? Was it Damien? Or what was that forensic guy that was on that other episode? Yeah, um, Damien Church. Okay, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if someone like him had been on the scene, maybe could have seen through that like Dexter did. Um, yeah. yeah, luckily Dexter you know. was was the, the, the forensic 
expert exactly. on the scene of a lot of the things he was doing. Exactly. But he <laughs> needs to, you know, I mean, that's those are the things that Dexter always kind of looked at and planned for was, you know, how to set this up just right to, you know, so it, it you know, he didn't get caught. So, I mean, that, that's a good point. Um, next one is from Mary Kay Beter Venkman Owens. Um, she says, I left my first voicemail today, but it felt so long. Here are my other two points. So <laughs> that's great. We've got some additional um, <laughs> feedback coming from Mary Kay, it sounds like. But it sounds like she has much to say. Um, she goes on, in the original series, it seemed like Dexter had a lot of his feelings opened up when Brian unlocked his memories of their mom. I think the reverse is true of Harrison. I think he's a sensitive feeling kid who gets a bit of rage unlocked when he is reminded of his mother, Rita. I also think Harrison remembers more than he lets on because he shares so many of Dexter's mannerisms. For the last few episodes, there were a few shots where it would have felt natural for us to suddenly get an inner monologue from Harrison. But of course, we don't get to have that because the show rightfully needs him to be a mystery. I mean, he even lies just like Dexter, which is the second reason that like um, Alma above, I could tell he was lying. First reason uh, is we didn't see it happen. So happy I can watch along on a thing with y'all for once. I'm an unashamed binger. <laughs> There's no shame in binging. No shame. And our last one, our last one comes from Alma Contreras. So as soon as Harrison made an appearance, I wondered if he might be like Dexter. As I was watching him tell his story, I kept yelling, he's lying. Oh my God, he's lying. And I felt Dexter was not buying any part of his story too. A pretty good episode. The plot is thickening. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. Cannot wait. A couple more days. Um, well, we did get some voice messages this week. I'm really excited to play those and hear what um, they have to say. First one that we have is from Mary Kay. Hi, uh, this is Mary Kay. Um, by the way, when I leave Facebook feedback, you guys don't have to read my whole name. It's really long, and I feel bad for you. <laughs> um, but I was just figuring I would try and do this this way. Um So my first thing is the thing that I said on Facebook uh, previously, which is that I forgot Clancy Brown was in the show. So uh, when the masked eyes showed up uh, initially, I was like, that looks like Clancy Brown. So when he showed up, I I don't know, I was pretty much like, okay, that's the guy. And yeah, that's the guy. Uh, My second point is Molly. Uh, If you look at all the cases uh, that she's kind of looked at, while Harrison's looking at the podcasts, um, Trinity looks like uh, like three down or so. She covers really big cases. Um, why? There's all sorts of missing people. People go missing every day. Why does she care about Matt? She doesn't. Uh, I think she's very thorough, and she somehow tracked down Harrison, followed him. I also think she recognizes Dexter, but she's playing it cool. Uh, There's no way. If she covered it that thorough, there's no way she doesn't recognize him. Um, Therefore, when she saw him, she's playing it cool. Therefore, I'm pretty sure I'm right (laughs) that. uh, I also, um, you know what, I have more to say, but it's already getting kind of long. So, uh, thank you. I like it. Oh, yeah. It's great. I like it. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I mentioned that as we were talking about uh, Molly, the podcaster. I, I don't for a second. Mm-hmm. I, I think she knows more. I think she knows Dexter, but I don't think she's put that together just yet. But I think um, all the pieces are there. Right. I mean, what? Knows. It was like the Manson family. Manson, Trinity son of Sam. Killer, son of Sam. And then be like, 
And then this this privileged white kid that nobody actually cares about is missing. I got to be there. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, for something else is going on. Yeah. For a poaching <laughs> violation. I don't buy it at all. Yeah. So she she definitely knows more than than what we than what we know just yet. I agree. Thanks, Mary Kay. Uh, next voice message we have is from our good friend uh, Onwen. See what she has to say. Hi, Rima and Peg. This is Anwen. Wow, uh, what an episode. I absolutely loved episode four. We kind of watched episode three late, and so we got to watch two nights in a row, which was really fun. And after episode three, I didn't really think that the killer was called well. I thought it was too obvious and that they were just trying to throw us off the scent. Um, After this episode, at the end, when you see him leading that girl to the creepy cabin in the woods, I guess it is him. But I'm not disappointed that it was kind of obvious because that seems like it's becoming the secondary storyline to back up the main storyline, which is Harrison having a dark passenger. Oh my God, this is really amazing. And that whole scene with him and Ethan was really, really incredible. Uh, I love how as soon as Dexter saw the knife wound, he knew immediately that it was self-inflicted. All his blood spatter evidence coming into into call there. And I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. Um, at the end, when he found the knife and was confirmed that um, Harrison had been lying, he, we, we had to rewind it because at the end I said, oh my God, did he just kiss the knife and smile? And Bryce went, no, 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 no. <laughs> and we rewound it and then we went, yeah, he totally did. So um, <laughs> it's going to be really cool to see him be able to mentor Harrison just like Harry did for him. Um, what I do want to know is did Harrison seek out Dexter because he knows who Dexter is and needs that guidance? I'd really be keen to hear what you guys think about that. Anyway, keep up the amazing work. Love you guys. Bye. Mm. I love that. It's yeah. a good question. Yeah so, uh, yeah, so do we have two people coming up because they know who's there? Harrison right. and uh, Molly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd think <laughs> Harrison's been taking care of himself that well, and if he's kind of putting on this mask... Does he really care enough to reconnect with his dear old dad, or is there another reason? Yeah, I mean, we we've already established Harrison's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he can't figure out or put pieces together or something, or that he hasn't already figured something out uh, about who Dexter really is or was, um, would be kind of hard to believe. I think. I don't know. Yeah. He's he's super smart, super intuitive. Um, I mean, because yeah, going back to that final season. You know, before this, uh, season eight, I mean, there were things, the reason that Dexter had to take off is, I mean, LaGuardia finding the blood slides again, even though Dokes, the Bay Harbor butcher, was supposedly already taken care of Mm -hmm. long ago. But now, like, the same kill things were starting to come back up, and now things were starting to point at Dexter, and that's why he left. I mean, obviously, if Harrison was doing that due diligence and digging, he would have noticed that things would be pointing back towards Dexter. And then that disappearance is real convenient right then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. There's so many, so many questions without any like direct answer. Cause like, is Harrison coming here for help? Is he coming here because he's on a hunt himself mm-hmm. for revenge? Uh, yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. I love don't that. It's not so clear Ex- and that it could go. Yes. Yeah. 
I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Yeah. Thank you, Anwen. Lovely to hear from you as always. Appreciate that. Uh, we have a final voicemail of the night. It is from our good friend Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Raymond Pake, it's Steve, and I'm just about to watch uh, Dexter uh, Episode 4, H is for Hero, for the first time. I didn't get a chance to watch it once, so hopefully I'll get this to you guys. Such a different uh, hallucination this time than we've seen before. This is almost like they're working together, and I mean, I like it, but at the same time, it's I'm waiting for her to fly off the handle. Deb, I mean. That seems like that would be too simple to shut down the case just on Kurt's word. She'd have to get some proof, I would think. It is good to see that Harrison is still uh, with this one guy, that they're still friends. Okay, she is getting some, some more specifics from him. I'm a little surprised. I would think that's not the first time she's been arrested for uh, interfering with an investigation. Interesting. So Harrison discovers the True Crime podcast from this girl about the Trinity Killer. The, the H hero is for Harrison in this story. I don't know, though. This sounds a little iffy. I don't know. Maybe Dexter's got an idea, too. <laughs> okay, so he said he was just going to get some air, but then he made it all the way to the hospital, and Dexter didn't ask a question about this or, or was wondering. So Harrison maybe has kind of a code that Ethan, he was pretty sure Ethan was going to kill. Wait, didn't he say he wanted to shake his hand? He just gave him a present. And by the way, is Harrison walking to school? Oh, oh, and now we see another side to this Deb, this hallucination Deb. Oh, all right. I I don't know about you guys. I think I think you're enjoying it. I'm. Whew, the mystery is great. It's a little slow going, but I'm all for it. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. That was great. That was really great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm digging it. That's for sure. Yes. Very into it. Very happy to be watching it. Very happy to be covering it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's checking all my boxes for sure. And then some. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for the feedback. I know everyone uh, is is definitely um, very into leaving their feedback and leaving their opinions uh, on what they think. So it was really great uh, to hear from everyone this week. Keep it coming. Um, it's I, I want to keep hearing all the speculation and theories that everyone has. Um and thank you, Sean, so much for yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I like I said, I love talking about this stuff. So uh, I'm glad I got to jump on and chit chat with you a little bit and share some of my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, it's been a real treat. Like we said at the top when we started, it's it's just an absolute treat to have you have you back here, um, even just for um, you know uh, you know a, a guest spot here. It's it's like old times and. You know, just great to hear hear your thoughts and be able to, to talk it out is, you know, like fellow fans of the show. Um, and like I said, have a little, little water cooler talk, right, about mm-hmm. one of our yeah. favorite shows. So this was great. I really appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, next week we'll be covering the fifth episode of Dexter New Blood titled Runaway. Hmm. I didn't put a description on here because I don't know if they get spoilery or not. So I try to stay away from that. But any any thoughts or speculation on what that might mean? I think that might have something to do with the girl well, from last week's. What was the old like 90s song? It was like, run away train, never looking back. <laughs> Did, I, I don't know. I, I hear run away and all I can think is uh, 
uh, one of Bon Jovi's earlier albums. Ooh, she's a little runaway. You know. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> Ignore see, and my I go singing. Back to the episode, I, I go back to the song we got last episode, mm-hmm. which is Del Shannon's "Runaway" that was playing during the oh, escape sequence of that other right, girl. Right, the, the old timey so, song. Give us, yeah. give us a little something there, Pete. Oh God, I did it last week. <laughs> <laughs> but I wah, 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 wonder why you want me to keep doing this. I don't know why. Um, no, <laughs> why? Uh, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, gosh. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways oh. and paths, and maybe all of them are right because you know we know how they love to kind of blend that. But yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, what happens there. That'll be almost the halfway point. It's. A 10-episode season. Shit. We've got much, much to learn and discover in a short amount of time. Okay. Well, we are excited that you followed us to the Kill Room. Uh, We ask that you also follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of great podcasts, Sean, please will you share with all of our listeners um, what you've got going on um, at Language of Romance and where everyone can find you. Uh, We're still pushing out podcasts every Sunday. Uh, In about two months, (laughs) we'll be at 400 episodes. (gasps) Uh, wow. We've got a bunch of cool guests that we're bringing on for that. Uh, we've got our uh, bro huddle coming up here at the end of the month of uh, December, where we talk about all the things we're excited for for January. And if I can, I want to break a little bit of news. Um, yeah, I we am got actually the exclusive. You got an exclusive here. Um, it's kind of different, but I actually started uh, my a second podcast. Um, I'm reviewing all of Dexter's episodes. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm I'm actually starting a kid's podcast um, called Tales of the Old Trapper. So it's it's a story that my grandpa used to tell me when I was little. He made up all these cool stories about the old trapper. So I'm kind of retelling those tales. Um, They're short episodes, like six minutes long. Um, and the trailer's out. It should be everywhere you look for it, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. But the first episode releases December 7th, so I'm really excited about it. Um, I got the kick from Thanksgiving. I had my nephew over, my son, and I'd been telling my son stories um, before bed, like all the time, just making stuff up. And I told him a couple old Trapper stories, and they talked about them all weekend. So I was like, you know what? This seems like this would be a fun podcast. So um, awesome. putting that together, going to see how it works. And uh, yeah, it should be fun. That's awesome. I, I really love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Sure check that out and plug that and spread that to people who I know could enjoy that for sure with little ones. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm, be great I'm hoping to it's a good, like, yeah, I'm hoping it's like a good, like, bedtime thing or like maybe like going to school or coming home from school, just like a nice little wind down type thing. So, um, Hell, I, read I might my even son listen the, to it just to have you yeah, there you go. bedtime stories, say, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the stories. But my, I read the first story to my son, and he didn't have too many harsh critiques. He didn't give me a one star review, so I think that's I think good. it should be okay. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's great. Congratulations on the second podcast. Um, Paik, uh, would you like to tease our listeners w- with what you and Daphne have coming up on Run for Your Lives this week? Yeah. So this week 
we have our look ahead special. I, I we talked about. I plugged it last week mm-hmm. here on the podcast. I was asking for a little bit of feedback and stuff on that, and you guys came through. Those who did, we got some really good feedback on that. So yeah, so we just me and Daphne, in lieu of all of the holiday craziness, instead of covering a movie and going super in depth with all of our notes and everything, just decided to have a fun little quick easy episode. We pitched some movies back and forth, our own lists of movies that we have not covered yet that we think would really uh, be really fun to cover, get the creative juices flowing on some stuff that could come up, and some of them were already in the works. I've got to do some prep and watch one of them tonight to get notes and everything on to record. So, cool. yeah, we got some fun stuff coming up, and so, yeah, you guys came through, so we got like we read some lists of other movies that people sent in. That's so it's great. just a fun little us talking about stuff we can do in the future, so... Special episodes are fun. That's awesome. Love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And Edward Ponce Krupa is strange indeed.